Oi, you lot, you listen to Garage Hammer, episode 122. On today's episode, the manlings talk about their hobbying when they have no idea what they should or shouldn't be doing before this next iteration of our world comes out. So shut it! I'm listening to me show! Welcome to the Garage U Tools for the next two or three hours, or thereabouts. We're going to do the best we can to keep you informed, entertained, and perhaps have a laugh or two along the way. Bringing you chicken soup for the hobby soul, I'm Chris Yu. And I'm Nagash. No, I'm Archeon. No, I'm the Incarnate of Metal. No, wait, I'm Grimgore Ironhide. No, well, you know what? Yeah, I'll, just, I, I'll be a Grimgore Ironhide. I think of all these goofs, that's the one I'm going to be tonight. Uh, why don't you just be ninth edition? <laughs> Great, I'll be the, I'll be the thing that everybody is 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 dreading, right, but hopeful you, yeah. for. You're shouldering the uh, the hopes and dreams of that's the Warhammer okay. community. I'm ninth edition Warhammer. There you go. Wow, wow you're everything that we thought you'd be and more. <laughs> I'm a hot mess. Yes, that's what we're expecting. But the question is, are you round bases or squares or both? Um, my backside's pretty round, so I don't know. And you are pretty square, so I guess they know she's that. Like, maybe it's an octagon. Could be, or maybe a, a rhombus. <laughs> anyway, so how you been? I'm good. How about yourself? I'm hanging in there. Yeah, just barely. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, man. So, um, before we jump into um, hobbying here in the Hours of Darkness... Why don't uh, we take a moment to thank our sponsors? Thank you to our sponsors, Unique Gifts and Games, located in... Grays Lake, Illinois. Mercia Miniatures. How's that spelled? M-I-E-R-C-E hyphen miniatures. Mantic Games. Building bigger armies. And... You ready? I think so. (laughs) And Battle Foam. Protecting your... Very impressive. I thought that was like a, a special effects. Yeah. Kind of cutting it in and out there. Right. You know, so so often the our more youthful listeners love it when I try to get down verbally. So Get down as in? I don't know. I don't get know. down? I, no, I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> it's, it's, it's I'm funny actually quoting Real like, Genius, so. Ah, gotcha. So. Oh, boy. So. We've, it's been a little while. Um, it has been a while. Thankful has come and gone. Yes. <laughs> thanks for thanks to Rotor for stepping in. Yeah, no kidding. And seriously, I mean, if we're going in, we're going in the shout out section anyway, so we might as well say it. Seriously, Rotor made that episode. He really did. Uh, I mean, I was going through all the notes and all that stuff, but he was the guy bringing up, asking all the questions. You know. He was the guy who was like, wait, what about this? What about this? How does this make sense? What are they trying to do yeah, here? I can, I can see that. He's got the uh, the analytical mind, right? He really does. I Ask mean, the right questions. He's always doing that. Anytime I get stuck on something, I call him, and he doesn't ever have that right straight-up mm-hmm. answer. He's just got all the questions that lead to the answer. And uh, He makes you look inward. Exactly. And it was, I mean, seriously, it was, I had so much fun doing that. I mean, we were just sort of playing off each other, and it was a good time. And we got through a 230-page book in one episode, so... Hey, that's the, the English teacher and you coming out. Oh, yeah, no kidding, huh? So uh, thanks to him, and thanks to you for showing up in the in the 12th hour with a music suggestion. 
Ah, well, that's that's my pleasure. I, I'm happy to do that. You always pick the best music, and I was just like, oh crap, I have nothing, and I'm going through. Well, I'm just happy going, it worked out, and I'm hopefully since you had to buy that soundtrack, that's something that you can get some that we can get some mileage out of, you know, for more than just one episode. Yeah, I mean, I think I might be able to use it again, and I figured I'm going to take a couple of those and just turn it into some. A couple of the instrumental pieces would not make a bad, you know, in and out of commercial bumpers for regular ah, episodes. Right, so right, yep. we've got that going. But uh, no, it was a good call. So I was like. Oh, I listened to that. I'm like, oh, this works. And they actually had one track that was almost three minutes. So at the end, I was able, it, and it's it's nice because of the rise and fall. I was mm-hmm. able to literally loop it where it was almost seamless. And oh, behind nice. the talking, I turned a two and a half minute clip into a seven minute. Clip. You can't reveal all the tricks behind the Garage Hammer show, though. Hey, man, you know what? It was just nice. It was sometimes editing music is such a pain. And it just happened that the nice ending piece that I had chosen, I was able to stretch and loop with, uh, I mean, probably the least amount of difficulty I've ever done that with, with a piece of music. So I was like, hoorah. Very good. Nice work. Thank you. And um, got one last uh, shout out. Um, a friend friend of the show, Ian Loxham, asked if we could plug his podcast. It's uh, Player Two Cast. Oh, and it's Ian and Nikki, and I don't know if Nikki's his wife or his girlfriend or what. Like when he sent me the email, it just it just says it's Ian and Nikki, and I, I don't have a last name for her, so I don't know. Um, but mm. they get on, they come on every week or so, um, and it's it's all like two player games, whether it's computer games, board games, you know, all sorts of stuff. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Is this, did they just start it? Yeah, it started a couple months ago. Um, and uh, you know they they just they sort of cover all sorts of stuff. You know, it's like anything mm. that they're playing lately. And then they actually did an episode where they sort of played the game like right there mm-hmm. on the air, and it was it was it's pretty fun. If you're into like little two player games, whether they be board games or computer games, it's like sort of whatever they're playing lately. Would it encompass like tabletop? Wargaming as well, because the vast majority of those are seem to be two player games. Yeah, um, I, I I haven't I don't remember hearing any like really big in-depth discussion about like Warhammer or War Machine or anything like mm-hmm. that. Um, they've stuck well, more I guess to the... We'll have to listen and find out. Yeah, but it's, I mean, it's not bad. I w- I've been enjoying it, and uh, he asked if we would tell people about it, and I listened and I enjoyed it, and I figured, well, I enjoyed it enough. I can, yeah, go ahead. Interesting. Okay, so, player two casts. Very cool. two, it's, it's the word player, the number two cast, all like one word if you're going to search it up on iTunes. So Nice. There you go. Uh, let's see. Emails. The the mailbag. We got uh, several kind emails about Thankful. You know, people enjoying mm-hmm. it and, you know, commenting here and there. Some nice stuff on the forums, too. Uh, we got a couple of people wanting to know the rules for Tournament of Terribleness. Uh, yes, I did see one. One person emailed us. I responded. I don't know if you saw my response. The really... Yeah. I don't know if you want to talk about it now. But sure. There, I mean, we had a couple uh, of minutes. There was a couple of rules. I mean, you had to get within, I think Grant said, we had to get within like five or ten points of the, the 2,000. What was it, 2,000 we played or 2,400? Um, hmm, Did we play 2,000? I can't even remember. I don't remember. Whatever it was. Whatever I, the it, points yeah, were, you, you couldn't shortchange the list, right, to make it right. that much suckier. Right. You had to have, uh, like every character had to have a minimum of 25 points of magic items. So, so oh, you had yeah. to, you had to take something. That. Uh, you had to have at least one level one wizard. Like you had to have, you had to have some sort of a magic level somewhere mm-hmm. in your list. So half of them took fighty lords and threw the wizard hat on because it was really expensive. Right, right. Was uh, it was it a rule all, that you also had to have like 
you know, one core, special, and rare? Yeah, you had to. Well, you had to follow the regular rules, so you had to have twenty five percent of your core. Sure. And you couldn't go over on specials or rares. I mean, you had to follow the the general. Right. But, but but you had to have a minimum of one rare, right? Oh, that's right. Yeah, you said you had to have one rare, one at least one rare and one. Right. So you could uh, just t- show up with all core. No, you had to have at least yeah. one rare and one. Uh, and the thing is. Y- y- if you sent him something that was too unplayable, Grant said he was going to send it back because right. it has to be at least sort of playable. Mm, look who's talking. <laughs> Mine was awful. <laughs> well, I mean, to- I, here's the funny thing, though. I think each of us could have done better with our list than the person who randomly got it. Better, but that, that's such a wide open statement. Yours right. could have been better in that it could have been a, a, a more competitive list. Right. Mine could have been better in that it could have been not as competitive. You know well, what I mean? So yeah. somewhere in the middle is is the, but I mean that's the fun of the tournament. I mean, it means different things to different people. Yeah, it's I, funny because you know you have to comp super competitive stuff, and then you hear you have the exact opposite, and you kind of have to reverse comp it to, you know what I mean? Pull it back to the middle. And it's weird how many people were just pulling weird things out. You know, trying to, you know, like <laughs> load up load up characters with useless items and stuff. Like. Yeah, all those wizarding hats was comedy. No, it was great. But so those were the only rules. And it was just, it had to be, you know, playable. It had to follow the basic rules. He had to have a wizard character that had at least 25 points of items. They had to have I, I believe all the scenarios were they, they weren't straight up battle line, were they? I think they were uh, rolled randomly from the book, if yeah, I recall. Yeah, Grant rolled them randomly yeah. from the book. Because that la- the third game was the gun, the... Battle for the Pass. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which actually worked out between me and Nickel not too bad because we just were running straight up the middle at each other, and he didn't have any uh-huh. shooting, and I had I had some skinks, but yeah, not short much range of shooting. Yeah, so yeah. we both mm-hmm. were just running at each other. But those are the rules in case anyone wanted them. That's what we've got. I, you know, for those people who emailed in or are listening that are going to run a tournament of terribleness, I would love to hear how it went. You oh, know, yeah. what sort of crazy lists were there, and. You know, fun fun events during the game because really that's 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 the fun stuff, right? Absolutely. Okay. Uh, excuse me, I am hydrating. I just <laughs> a lot of carbonation in that beverage. Um, yeah, well, I, if someone wanted to leave a voicemail, they could do so. How? Oh, jeez, where was that transition? Hey, voicemail. <laughs> All right, I got it. Um, yeah, they could call one seven five seven GH show six. That's one seven five seven GH show six. International callers dial zero zero one seven five seven GH show six, um, and uh, that's most international callers. Some countries it's different, but I, in general, it's one seven five seven GH show six. Um, we got two voicemails, and they're from the same person. Ooh. One like two weeks ago, and then one today. And I haven't mm. listened really to either of them because I was going to put them off on the show, and I don't think I missed any because the last show is when we had a couple of those like two-and-a-half-minute calls. Is this your stalker calling in again? I don't have a stalker to my knowledge. <laughs> um, yeah, because we had the one where the guy called from Anchorage, Alaska, so I know we had that one. That one we already did. Okay. And so we've got these two, and I do always appreciate... The voicemails. So I am going to play the first one for us right now. Hi, Dave and Chris and possibly other Chris and, or other other Chris or Grant or Greg. But mostly Dave and Chris. Uh, my name is Josh. I'm from Juliet, Illinois. And I wanted to get you guys' thought on a couple things. Uh, my gaming buddy, the go track to my Felix, is building... 
from scratch in a couple other models, a Dwarven Warblimp. And I was wondering what your thoughts would be for rules for such a model. I know there's been rumors for the Dwarf Warblimp since dwarves were dwarves. And uh, if you could settle another dispute that we've been having, that uh, dwarves have weird knees. There, I said it, and I'm standing by it. <laughs> direct your hate mail to davidcrowdchamber.com. Thanks, guys. Bye. <laughs> wait, <laughs> wait, direct your hate mail at me? What the hell? Um, okay. Uh, hold on a second. Yeah, okay. Um, rules for the dwarf. Dude, I have no idea. Uh, you know, I, as, as the voicemail, it. as I was listening to that, I, I grabbed a couple of old books because there were, I mean, this is going back to 6th edition, they did have rules for a, a Zeppelin. Look at you, uh, books at your fingertips. Hey, yeah, you got to be prepared. You never know when I'm you're going to I'm sitting in a something. pile of mess over here, so I look like I look like the Skaven under, under layer right now, except there's no poop on the floor. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, let me see if I can pull it up here. Yeah, oh, see, dwarves had weird knees. Did he say that? Dwarves had weird knees? I thought he said weird names. Oh, weird both names? both are true. I don't, the names aren't that weird. Yeah, they are. They're just very guttural. Grunge-knee, whatever. They oh, are very guttural. Oh, I'm sorry. Rorland, Dorland, and, and Ben, and Noonan, you know, from those elvish names. Lots of L's and N's rolling over each other over and over again. Well, it's better than rolling over your own beard. Hey, in the dark. Hey, they don't. They don't trip. They tuck it into their belts. That's what they do. <laughs> that's uh, that's great. <laughs> it's All right, great. let me. <laughs> you know what? I, I can't. I can't find that Zeppelin rule, but I remember it had um, an organ gun on it. It had. I think it had a cannon on it, and it moved. I don't know. Are you sure however that wasn't from Storm of Chaos like, because. Mm, no, I, I, it's in it's in one of these books that I have. I just can't find the right page. Well, you know what? If you and, find it, send me the info, and I'll post it up on the forum. Okay, but I just remember that if you if you destroyed it, then it would crash. It, like you know, roll like a, a scatter die, and it would go so many inches and just do this big explosion. Oh, nice! And I think it had bombs that you could drop too. Oh, it should. I mean, yeah. why wouldn't it? Right. But the picture was cool because, and I remember this. It's this is the one dwarf thing that I always thought was pretty cool looking. Like you a, must have thought it was cool because you said dwarf. I mean, dang. Well, yeah. I mean, I <laughs> this this thing I actually respect. The rest of those derfs, forget it. <laughs> it, uh, it had two guys on top, like tied to the top of the zeppelin to the balloon part. All oh, right, like with their with rifles. <laughs> oh my god! So kind of, yeah, so it was pretty cool. Somebody's got to know what this is. Somebody, please, pictures, information, send it. I want to put it up on the forums because that's too cool. I need to know. Yeah, I, I've got it in here somewhere. I'll, I'll try and track it down. So anyway. Anyway. And so um, our friend here called back. And uh, Oh. Yeah. So we have a second Joliet call from Josh, him. Sweet. Right. Yeah, we can, that, that'll work. So um, let me get his. Uh, let me get his call up. Here's second call up here. I know what this one is, so I will defer to you on his question. Hello, Chris and David. This is Josh from Space, and I have I'm calling about a like a huge argument that is ripping my gaming group together, and I was hoping you could solve it. Um, orcs aren't blue, right? The green skins are always green because they're green skins. Like that's just. That's it. They're green skins, so they can be. They have to be green. 
they could put on blue face paint, but they can't be blue because they're green skins. Um, yeah, I want to know who's right, basically, me or him. They're not fucking blue. They're not stinking blue. Sorry, you could bleep me. I didn't mean to. <laughs> hmm. Well, okay, I'll ask what you think first, because I have an opinion on this, but I will defer to the ONG player. Okay. I, in my opinion, orcs do not have to be green okay. uh, because, and there's uh, this book that I'm looking at. This is the Chronicle, Warhammer Chronicles 2003. Okay. There's a, a goblin ecology section where they have different, they, they describe different green skins. Not necessarily orcs, but it falls within the green skin uh, family. Okay. Things like fire kobolds, where some of them are orange. Um. They have this thing called a troglogob, which is blue. It's a goblin that's that basically has blue skin. Okay. So, and nothing is impossible in the world of Warhammer, right? It's a fantasy world. So if if I don't know if the the orcs got into some, but that's magical a that's area. a Warhammer book you're reading out of. What is that again? Warhammer Chronicles 2003. Uh, hey, there you go. It's they. What what can we say? The GW has spoken. On this topic, so and I haven't heard any uh, anything to negate that opinion. So I guess we got to go with what GW says, don't we? Yeah, I mean it's it's in here. It is published. Yeah. So um, my thoughts so, yeah. were actually a much more uh, I don't know, you know, color wheel oriented. But after watching those Jim Wapple painting videos, uh, I watched one that he, the Green with Envy, where he paints that whole model with nothing but various types of green. And really, greens can run from a yellow with a just a t- slightest touch of blue for a very pale green to a grayish green to almost, an almost black green to a very blue green. So even within the realm of green skins, I mean, green is yellow and blue, and depending on how much you have of each, you could have blue tinted or very those like those. Uh, the, uh, I don't know if they were the forest goblins or the other goblins. I've seen those goblins. They're like that that pale, sickly yellow, almost like a Nurgle yellow, but there's that hint of green in it. Hmm. I've seen them painted that way. I've seen them done. So they could be more aqua colored. Yeah, and black orcs are like you know from the from the chaos dwarfs. They're those really really right. dark dark green, almost black. Or I mean, the black orcs. Not only in you know name, but in skin tone, they're they're that really dark green. I, I suppose I, I hear what you're saying. I, I that's probably not what the the person that Josh is arguing with is, is getting at. They probably want to go with something that's obviously blue. Okay, well, I'm just hey, I'm Maybe, just saying that was my thought was you know they can go in that range, so that might be you know. But GW right. has said apparently that they can be orange or yeah. yellow or. I mean, blue. what's what's the counter argument that having orcs that are blue is not realistic? I don't know. I don't know why you would. I mean, maybe he doesn't like his friend's paint job, and he wants I us to bag on it. I don't it. know. And it's a hobby episode, so hey, Josh's friend, your paint job sucks. <laughs> I will say though that you know blue is typically like a, a regal color or a relaxing tone, and it's not. It doesn't fall into character with orcs. I will say that. Would we say that in the the green green skins, green skins that are actually green in color? Um, would rate into probably the 90th percentile when we counted up all the green skins and said some shade of green, even if it fell under my name with, you know, different shades and tints of green. I I would think most of them, you know, would fall under green. I would think so, too. Hence and, the and name. I mean, they didn't name him right. that for nothing. He does have a I, I would there. even 
I would even suggest that any any orcs that do have blue skin would probably be treated as second class. Yes, or at least or maybe yeah, even odd, third class. Maybe, maybe even below goblins. Who knows? Maybe not even below goblins. But look, I bet you even the savage orcs would be like these guys is weird. Right, right. You know? I don't know what to make of them. Yeah. Oh, speaking so, of orcs. Um, hmm. Oh, you know what? We'll get to that in the. Remind me uh, when we get into the uh, toolbox. I have some orc talk. Just Ooh. a little bit that I thought even you, even you might be interested in. It was, I was listening to some stuff, and it was like it really got me sort of jazzed for orcs. I really, you know, I I hated them when I first started playing the game because the first stuff I saw was Chris's old orc mm. codex and stuff. When it was like that, those goofy, you know, the what do you call it, the soccer hooligan orcs, you know? Oh right, yeah. And then once they got into that sort of gnarled, pitted, like raw, or Joe, orc, right. yeah. I was like, I like those, and mm. like my my interest in orcs was flared again recently. So we'll get about that in the thing. But you know what? We've been going twenty minutes, and we haven't had a break. And this is the intro section. So thanks for the voicemails, folks, and thanks for the emails. But I think we should take a break. And yes, let's come take back. a break. News and rumors. Sounds good. That's right, folks. Chaos Orc Superstore, your one-stop shop for all your hobby gaming needs. They've not only got current and classic GW releases, Chess X Dice, and Vallejo Paints, but now they're also carrying Mantic, Infinity, Flames of War, Privateer Press, Soda Pop, Dark Age, and other assorted board and miniature-based games. They usually ship within 24 hours, and the model in the picture is the model they ship to you, because at Chaos Orc Superstore, what you see is what you get. Chaos Orc Superstore. Chaos And we're back. Welcome back to Garage Hammer. David and Chris talking some news and rumors. Brought to you by... Brought to you by the Circle City Circuit. And I also feel like friends. we have to have some kind of audio thing for that. Yeah, it wouldn't be a bad idea, I suppose. Circle City Circuit. Oh, Mike, oh, wonky. This is going wonky. You okay over there? Yeah, the computer's going wonky. Give me a second. Um, so, um, interesting. Some interesting news came out. Um uh, we just saw on the uh, uh, on Twitter. I know Wayne, Wayne, and some other guys had posted um, these pictures of this new thing that's coming out, the Age of Sigmar. Mm-hmm. Have you seen the pictures? I have seen some chatter on that. Now, uh, it seems to be it's uh, sort of a maybe a board game, maybe this, maybe Fantasy's version of Space Hulk. Is that uh, right? I I do not know because all we have is this this. This little, you know, this picture, and then this, uh, it says the Age of Sigmar is coming, picture of a big hammer with lightning bolts mm-hmm. coming out of it, uh, 11 July 2015, pre-order starts on the 4th of July, mm-hmm. and um, 
the back thing, all they have is what it says here, which doesn't really give you much. If you'd like, I could read it. Yeah, go ahead. These were the end times. The world is no more, torn apart by treachery and chaos, and yet endings beget beginnings. Listen carefully. Can you hear it? The cruel laughter of dark gods. It dances on the winds between worlds, striving to be heard, for the ruinous powers bore easily, and they seek tirelessly for new realities to conquer. Where there is life, chaos will find it, and misery and bloodshed will soon follow. The world is gone, but all may not be lost. The descendants of the old ones left before the chaos moon destroyed their homelands. That much is certain, but where did they go? And if they escaped, did anyone else? Can what is dead ever truly die? Who remains lost in the void? To what does he cling? And when a world dies, what happens next? That's what it says. Hmm. So it could be a board game. It could be a, a, a skirmish level of the game. You know, I mean... Could, it could be teeing up both. Maybe it bridges Fantasy 240K. A lot of people are yeah. theorizing that could happen. So I'm kind of interested to see what's going to happen. Um, uh, we'll be talking about it, I guess, three episodes from now, though, because that'll be our. We'll have one releasing July 10th. So it'll be. We'll probably have some news when we. Well, we'll probably record before Fourth of July. Well, we may not have any news until after it's released. So whatever. Right. But uh, I'm just. I'm glad they're releasing something. Yeah, it's about time. You know. Yeah. I mean, just to give us a, a flurry of five big, almost hundred dollar releases. In you know at at two month intervals, and then they go dead silent after what happens at the end of that. It's like, oh. And not only that, but the you know well does the new stuff then does it void this recent flurry of stuff that just came out? You know what I mean? I'm thinking they wouldn't just sell us all this stuff knowing that months later they're going to be. Like, oh, right. We know you just spent you know I mean because seriously. There's five books at 80 bucks a piece. That's, that's not 400 bucks. And if you bought like a Nagash or a Glotkin, that's 500 bucks. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, th- I mean, what is that? That's like, what, 300 pounds? Or maybe 250 pounds or something like that for that? Yeah. And, you know, I'd like to think that they wouldn't do that either. I mean, what sense does it make to have your customers have them buy something and then. And that's the thing because. Set them all by saying, yeah, what you just bought is no longer valid. Right. And, you know, you know, if Ninth Edition is coming out, they've been working on it for at least a year and a half, two years. Mm-hmm. So everything they've released since, I mean, what, since like the Dwarf book, pretty much, they would have had to have known what's going on and that they're right. putting a new edition. I just, I just, I got trouble buying that they were going to blank everything. I mean, who knows? I'm actually kind of excited. Um, I'm optimistic. I mean, you know... Fifth edition, you know, some people loved it, some people hated it, but it was still a decent game, you know, in general. Mm-hmm. Sixth edition, pretty decent game. Seventh edition, I liked seventh edition a lot. I love eighth edition. You know, Blood Bowl, Battlefleet, Gothic, Necromunda, Mordheim. I mean, GW right. puts out quality games. Have they put out a couple clunker board games? I mean, yeah, you know, the the Ship Pirate, whatever the hell it was called, Dreadfleet. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, and that actually wasn't a bad game. It was just not very. It wasn't you know. It didn't hold up to what the other games were. Like no, it, I've played it, it and it's fun. It's just not something that it makes you like. Oh, I gotta play this. You right. Know? It's nothing like before fifteen twenty years ago. I don't know. Even when I was maybe even further back, maybe in the eighties. Mm-hmm. Like that was what I I would think of that as like. 
I mean, the current age is a pretty good age, but before it was like the golden age of, of GW and that, you know, they had, um, Necromunda and they had back when the yeah, specialist games Warheim were still supported. Yeah, they were on. huge. And that's what drew me in. Like the, there's a, um, a game that was like epic scale that was all Titans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was aw- that's what got me. I'm like, ooh, Titans. These are cool. They're b- bigger than buildings. What? Exactly. You know, it was like their version of BattleTech, so to speak. Right. I mean, and there's, and that's what I'm seeing, dude. They make good games. Space Hulk. You know that assassin game is pretty damn cool. From what I've, I, I know a few people who 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 got it, and I've been talking to them on the internet. They're like, you know, if you like a co-op game because it is cooperative. Mm-hmm. One to four player co-op playing against the deck and against the other pieces. Mm-hmm. Um, they're like, if you like co-op games, this game's really fun, and the models are really good. And I'm like, you know, they put out quality stuff. So I just I have trouble. There, therein lies why you have faith, right? Exactly. Because their track record, for the most part, has been pretty good. Dreadfully notwithstanding. Yeah. And I just, you know, even if they're really changing it around, I'm I'm pretty confident that whatever I get will be a decent game. I mean, obviously, there's going to be change, and nobody right. likes that. And the rumors of change are so big. And, of course, when you destroy an entire planet that we've been right. playing in for 30 years. It usually doesn't leave a positive taste in people's mouths. <laughs> you know, whether you wanted Archeon to win or not, like, nobody expected that level of... Like, you know, I, I kind of thought, you know, if he wins, then he's ruling over the planet. And there's still people right. who are subjugated. Maybe yeah, There's still a planet. Of, yeah. I mean, just, yeah right. It's gone. There's that's, an environment. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's just it's just kind of a weird time. I mean, right. Arcan won. That's fine. But there's no planet to rule over, to your point. Lizard men are going off to who knows where. Yeah. Fantasy is blurring into sci-fi, right? It's just kind of this weird amalgam of... And if you, I know I don't know if you got to listen to the Thankful episode, but Part I mean, pretty much they've confirmed that we're in the 40k universe. Mm. If you follow, I mean, there was. How a, do you feel about that? I don't care. I mean, why not? I mean, but the thing is, how I was talking to Steve the other night about this. If you have those armies existing in the same world, how could an, a force of orcs and goblins or VC or whoever go stack up against a you know our army of marines or well, even they like can't, but a they, unit of marines. You can be there and never. I mean, think how big. I mean, forty k. There's billions of inhabited planets and there's billions they haven't even found yet. So our our planet could exist somewhere in that universe without. Uh, yeah, but if you go to and remember those the astronomical only, proportions, then yeah. why even why even combine those worlds? Well, here's the other thing too. The really only things that they that we they've shown that through the models and the talk that have linked are the old ones, the mm-hmm. Necrons and the Eldar. Well, and the Lizard Men. Okay, all those things, all those guys existed before the way before the human race. You know what I'm saying? Well, it's, so, okay, fine. Like the but, Warhammer but the world could exist in the 40k universe, but like a billion years earlier. But the the argument is the same. How can high elves stand up against an army of Necrons? I just don't think they'll ever necessarily show up. I mean, our planet, I, I could, be, right. our I, planet could exist in the 40K universe and just nobody ever showed up. No you know there. But then if you do that, then why even combine those worlds? I, you know what I mean? I, I don't right. know. Well, I, I, just, saying, I don't see their end game. What, I, what are they trying to get at? I guess, I guess what I'm saying is the old ones and when the gates collapse and stuff like that, mm-hmm. I mean, this stuff, as they've written it for the last couple of editions, really sounds like webway portals and... 
the old ones were those things. I mean, they kept saying that. I mean, the Necron books, they defeated the old ones. So, right. So, yeah. So, previously. And then our old ones disappear. So, previously, they made they little were mentions. They were distantly connected, right? Right. And so now they just added a couple of things. Like, they came across that weird, basically, a, a radio transmitter, and they heard something that sounded like elves, which I would assume would be Eldar coming through. The transceiver, and they smashed it because they, they, the Skaven heard elf voices and smashed it. I was like, oh, kind of cool, you know? Just interesting little bits. It's there. Just, it, yeah, it's there. And why not? You know, unify their their IP into one big universe. I suppose. I, it, I don't, it, just, it just forces you to ask these obvious questions, you know? Yeah, why? I mean, Empire it, versus Necrons. Is that a fair. Is yeah, that I, fun? I guess but, I never. Well, no, I never thought. I, I guess that never really crossed my mind because I didn't think that that was something they would do. You know what I'm saying? It's just. Well, I, I think it's uh, the example that we were talking about was like in War Machine, how you have hordes and War Machine, one sci fi, one's fantasy, but they're connected. Right. Would they, are they trying to do the same thing here? Is link these two systems? In no, I don't think so. I mean, I, they're they're they're, they're such different scales that I don't think they're ever going to have them meet in the middle. But. Well, that's what people are are postulating that that's what's going to happen. I mean, it makes sense from it's a gateway from one to the other. Yeah. In this case, more people play 40k. Maybe you get them into fantasy. Sure. I, I don't. I don't know. I mean, I don't. Okay. Do I ever think they're going to make a game where you're playing pitting, you know, orcs? Not, well, no, that's not that's a bad example. Where you're pitting, um, you know, ogre kingdoms against, uh, you know, necrons? No, am I? You're going to see tyranids versus um, skaven? No, I don't think so. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think that's ever going to happen. I just think they're acknowledging that you know, in their in their bigger, you know, bigger selling universe where it spans. Everywhere and everything. Mm-hmm. Yes, this one little planet off in a far off corner, it's in there too. Right. Well, that's always been a theory too. That- yeah. But I think now, I'm just saying now that they, they, they know, they've hammered that in there a little bit. So, yeah, mm-hmm. your theory's right. Those of you who are arguing over it, it's settled. <laughs> you know? <laughs> <laughs> so. Uh, it's I'm curious to see where they go with it. Yeah. I mean, like I said, I, I don't think it's going to affect the game at all, but I just thought it was kind of cool. So. Mm-hmm. Um. You know what? And so I, I wanted to ask this, though, because, you know, we're talking about whether this stuff is going to be used or whether it's not. And, um, you know, for the past few months, um, you know, some people have been really looking forward to Ninth Edition and some people are dreading it. Uh, I know we had a couple of episodes there where I was just like, oh, I'm so sick of this. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you know, people's attention have waxed and waned. I mean, you yours has really waned. I mean... It has, but really, it has less to do with Ninth Edition and more so to do with my personal um, where I am with the game, independent of Ninth Edition. Now, do you mind if I ask you about this? I mean, and we could sure, totally sure. do this off the air if you don't want to talk on the air because I'm not trying to beat a dead horse. I'm just, I really don't. I guess I don't. I'm not 100 percent certain where you're coming from. Is it just like? Is it is it like a hobby level where there's really nothing that interests you that you want to do with this game anymore? Uh, it's okay. So part of it is the hobby level. So because I I just have a feeling that deep down you started doing that high elf army based in Nagarith, and then when they did this with End Times, they basically it, merged it shot it in, the whole right that that the uniqueness the plug of on that project and you put all that work into it. I could just see it right. really pissing you off. 
Uh, it didn't piss me off. It, it's it, that project kind of stalled before that Kane book even really came out. The Kane book was just the final nail in the coffin and confirmed to me that okay, this project really isn't going isn't going to go anywhere, and it still might. I mean, the conversions I like enough, and the idea is still good. Where and I honestly, could, it's 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 top notch work. It's really a shame. I'm, I'm very honestly, I'm very sad to see you shelve it because I was looking forward to seeing it. Like it was it was good. And I was oh, looking thanks. forward I appreciate to seeing it. That. So part of it is hobby burnout. So there was, you know, that army. Then I started this demon army. That didn't really go anywhere. Um, so that's that's kind of how I got burnt out on the hobby side. Um, tournaments. You know, I, I went to a fair number of tournaments in the recent past. Holy Wars. Um, you know, uh, Akon, Wapaka, Akon. Yep. For the most part, those are pretty good. You know, they're they're always fun experiences, right? Right. Akon. For different reasons, was kind of a, a blip on the radar, though. Yeah. Uh, but f- for the most part, the tournament experience has been good. Uh, from a gaming perspective, this is where it sort of comes a cropper. So I feel like you and I were. I mean, I'm. I just turned forty. I think you're forty-three. Yep. So we're definitely on the older end of the spectrum of ages of people who play this game of and of our audience we, I, I we've think. actually yeah we're, we're sort of settling into the old men of warhammer category we are we're we're yeah we're on that the upper spectrum of, of, of ages um and i feel like for me i don't know about you but as i get older as my, as my kids get older the the time that i have to devote to you know not only warhammer as a game but to the hobby aspect and and to traveling out of town for tournaments that time for me i have to re we, i have to reassess how much time i'm willing to commit to a, a game that's just for me you know what i mean right whereas my kids they're demanding more time and playing x-wing or whatever um See, i'm fortunate in that harrison really loves this and morgan is interested in it and my kids are a little older than yours so like Honestly, if I go away for the weekend, they're like, good. You know? <laughs> uh, yeah, but it, p- part of it is like the hobby part. I mean, before in, in my heyday, you know, I would spend weekends and many you know, consecutive nights painting hordes oh, yeah. of goblins or orcs or whatever it was. And it's a lot of time. Forget the playing in the tournaments. Just the hobby part of it takes a lot of time. So when you add all that up uh, and, and the games themselves, I mean, it's, it takes a good 20 minutes to set up you play for three hours another 20 minutes to clean up that's four hours right there right that's what one game that's that's what keeps me from playing i mean you have a dedicated table and stuff in your basement Mm -hmm. i've even got to pull all that out yeah and there's times when i'm at home and i could have been like you know with harrison or that and it's like you want to play it's like would you rather just play something else that like doesn't take that long to set set up right yeah i mean that's that's my my biggest dread with playing is like all the everything around the actual playing of the game Pulling everything out, right? You, you know what, all that. You know what but, killed me before? It, there, a game I had against Christopher. We met uh, here, and he's a total night owl, right? Oh and, my and god! I know what you're st- talking about. I know exactly. he stopped by. We played a game, and uh, we, we, you know, I freed up at nine o'clock, so I figured, okay, by nine thirty we'd be playing. Well, by ten thirty, he's still plating his models because he, the way he transports his stuff, it was individually, and they're not magnetized or anything. So he's like putting individual models. I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, can I help you? Got the hordes, and he's got all those real small mm. travel cases. So he's got like five or six small little travel cases. So yeah, he's right. pulling. Yeah, it takes him. It does. It takes him forever. And and, and I'm the exact opposite. I, when I show up to your place, everything is trayed and magnetized. So I just open my case, and boom, it's yep. deployed. Yeah, because I, I don't want to waste time. I've got yeah. about half the army, like the hordes and stuff. I've magnetized like the zombies and stuff, so those are ready to go. 
and then my other stuff I, I can use. I can usually be ready in about fifteen minutes. Right. But even that, yeah, that's, that's long. That's like, and I, so, yeah. So really, that's that's where I'm at with it. And so the game being what it is, you know, it's not it's not um, the enjoyment level of the game as it currently stands is not enough to overshadow the time commitment, painting wise, game wise, setup wise, tournament traveling out of town wise to justify. You know what I mean? To to keep me in love with it, I guess is what I'm trying to say. And, and now I understand. Because that was, because I remember when we talked about it, you were like, oh, I don't know if I'm even going to buy the ninth Ed book. And I'm like, you know, I'm like, but what if ninth? But <laughs> wow, like, you're really busting me out of my shop. You're going to say no, that in the air. Huh? Okay, well, I'll cut that out. That's fine. <laughs> no, you can leave it. Okay. That's right. But you're like, but you were really, but you were contemplating it. And you're like, you know, I just don't know. And I'm like, but what if ninth's awesome? Like, what if ninth is really awesome? Aren't you going to, and you're like, eh, I'm still probably not going to be playing all that much. And I couldn't figure out, like, I was thinking, Wait, why would you be like, oh, this game is really sweet. I don't want to play. Like, I, th- that was where I wasn't. There was a disconnect between that. Right. With that, that one statement, I was just like, wait well, a minute. I, I think because ninth edition will, who knows for sure, but I, th- I, I suspect for the most part, it will be, a lot of parts will be similar to eighth, right? Uh, and maybe there'll be a skirmish option so you can play smaller games. Maybe that will be a good fit. I don't know. Here's the um, thing. I can't see GW, even if they cut back on their model production and stuff. Mm-hmm. And this is, yes, maybe this is only a small percentage of their total production. Blah, blah, blah. It's not a big enough percentage. Right. You know, making a game and saying we want you to buy less models in the long run makes no sense for them, I would think. I would see a, an entry-level skirmish game saying here's the entry-level game. I could totally see you you know, spending a hundred, hundred fifty, and having enough for a whole skirmish game, and playing and having a fun game, and then saying, "Now, if you want to play the full-on game, right? Then you know what I'm saying. Make make making that a gateway, and still having the big game. And I guess that that's that's. I mean, I guess I'm wish listing only because no, I, it makes sense. I like so the big game. That's. I mean, I I. I do too. I mean the epic scale and the big battle lines. I mean that's why we play this game. Exactly. Right? In fact, you've 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 even said, you know, it's not like you're never going to play. If I come up and say, hey, let's play, and I have a good uh, idea and the table set up when you get here, and you know, I still once I get that damn Nagash done, I still want to play a four thousand point game with Nagash and Malakith and just like play like, you know, one mm-hmm. of these big end times just ridiculous battles. Sure. Yeah. And you, like you like you even said you're like you're not opposed to that because. It's it's it. No, I, I won't, certainly won't be opposed. It's not like I'm I'm, I'm writing off Warhammer forever. I'm never going to play again. No, right. it's just I I have to vary it up right now. To sure. and, and frankly, the variety of different games that I'm playing right now, I'm enjoying a lot. So what are you? Well, you know, what? we'll get to that in the toolbox. Yeah. Okay. Um. You know what? Does that answer your question? Yes. I, and I, I, you had and I appreciate it. It was. You know what it was? It was just I didn't get it, and so I'm I'm kind of glad that we we figured that out. And I hope so you don't mind that we did it okay. on the air. No, no, not at all. Because I think it's kind of cool. Cause, you know, because people have people have asked, especially after that last couple of episodes. You, dude, I've gotten at least a half a dozen emails from people asking if the show's going off the air. After that no. episode we had, they're just like, every time you get these dark episodes, oh, yeah, people stop broadcasting. Right. You know, Jeff did it. The Skull Bros did it. Please say you're not. Stop. I'm like, dude, I am a, <laughs> at the very least, I'm contractually obligated to do this show till right. January. Right. So the advertisers they demand it. Yeah. So. Um. Yeah, I'm not going anywhere, you know. Uh, I'm enjoying it. I mean, at the worst, this show would, at the worst, we might change up formats where some of the Garage Gamer stuff I did worked its way into regular episodes. And that would be more for me not having to do extra episodes. And if the game is smaller or doesn't have as much 
you know, for topic wise for us, right. we could work other things in. But that's a, that's a big maybe. None. I mean, none of sure. I don't know. Like, you know, if if ninth edition is amazing, and then you know, that's all I'm going to be. I'm going to be hooting and hollering oh, yeah, about. You could and go to you could go to a weekly release. Well, yeah, who knows? Silly, but well, I'm just saying. You know, had to hit me with a frying pan, but right, right. I, exactly. I mean, I have no idea what's coming, but I know the show's not going anywhere. That's what I know. But I had one last question, and then I want to take a break, and I just want to oh. get if you're. I want to get your your take on this. You know, um, you know, I I feel like in. In some some circles around here, I know a lot of players. Um, you've heard from different areas, and it's, it's mostly from players I know in the Midwest mm-hmm. have sort of like just almost walked away a bit from fantasy. Now, for you, it's a time thing. I know, like for other people, it was just the, the uncertainty of what's going on. Um, I know a lot of people have been disenchanted with playing end time stuff. You know, going to tournaments and, and facing end time right. stuff. And but I, you know, I'm on Twitter and I'm on Facebook and I'm on these other social media, and like it seems like the scene in England is still going crazy strong. I mean, every time I turn around, people are putting up what they're painting and they're mm-hmm. getting ready for tournaments. You know, it, down south, west coast, you know, Pacific Northwest, you know, the Northeast, even though you know, even the Northeast, um, you know, they're all painting and and getting ready and playing tournaments. And so I'm looking around, going, are we the only ones? Like who have just like stopped, and I'm wondering, and I don't know if we are or not. I mean, I might be completely wrong that maybe we're not the only, but it seems, for at least on social media, that I'm seeing that it's like it's just here, and I'm wondering if maybe us being the no comp champions of the world, when when you know, I wonder if our our mantra, our you know, you know, sticking tried and true Mm -hmm. to playing out of the box Warhammer, has sort of. You know, stuck us into a weird the corner. Demise. Mm. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I. I don't think so. Uh, I don't see why. What uh, playing out of the box Warhammer would have to do with? Well, I just know a lot of people. I mean, the severity of the reaction. The people I know who have pretty much stopped playing. They're just sort of annoyed with the end times and how wonky the rules have gotten, and they're mm-hmm. just like, you know, until this is gone, I'm not interested anymore. And those are the people. I mean, you heard me on the on the thing. You know, get this mm-hmm. end times crap out of tournaments. Play the game because, and a lot right. of these other places, that's the comments I'm getting. Well, yeah, we no one's been letting. You know, like a lot of the guys from England, they're like, it's a rare occasion when people let end times stuff right. in tournaments. So it end times hasn't affected their scene. So their scene is still pre end times basically. And maybe so it's maybe still going some, strong. I'm just maybe there's some traction there. I mean, if you say out of the book, that includes all the end time stuff, right? That's what you're getting at. Yeah, basically. I mean, I'm, I mean, even here, I mean, no one's allowing cane magic, and nobody's, you know, there's, I mean, nobody's allowing the Archaeon rules. The, you know, take whatever right. you want. But I'm saying, you know, the allowing the big characters, you know, allowing sure. storm fiends and yeah, you know, rest just of it. the yeah. stuff that's really that's that's making it sort of a tipping out of the way, you know, the army of the Eternity King stuff mm-hmm. that's just sort of mm-hmm. tipping things. Other people aren't having to deal with that. And their scenes are going strong. And I was just curious. I just want to bring that out. Uh, I, no, I, I think that your perception is a little bit jaded by what you're seeing on social media. I mean, there there is there are still events that are happening. There's a, a team challenge that the Illinois Warhammer Fantasy Battles is hosting. Yeah. Uh, our, our team, unfortunately, is is... You know, no one can make it, but 
that event is happening. Uh, I still I still see quite a bit of um, hobby pictures being posted by members of the you know people in this area too. That's true. So. I just, I don't know. Maybe it's just me. Maybe I'm just a cranky old man. Maybe I'm the <laughs> cranky old man of Warhammer. Oh, my God. I'm turning into a dwarf. Dear Lord. What are you turning into it? You've been Shut a up. <laughs> master engineer. Hello. I know. He's my friend. <laughs> he doesn't just, like me, though. Just admit it. I don't know what you're talking Why about. Why do you talk, your, talk about yourself in the third person? I don't talk about myself in the third person. I am not a basketball player nor a rock star, so... Dave Whitek does not talk about himself in the third person. Um, All right. So, Master Engineer. Whatever. Okay. You know what? It is, it is break time. Yes. Um, news and rumors. Uh, let's move on. We're going to come back with the toolbox brought to you by... Chaos Chaos All right. We'll be back. Hammer fans, this is Jumpin' Johnny Jive here to tell you about the hottest Warhammer tournament, Blood, Blood in the, the Sun. Sun! That's right, Blood in the Sun 5, staying alive, June 26th, 27th, and 28th, 2015. Blood in the Sun is a three-day celebration of fantasy miniatures, featuring a Funkadelic Friday five-man club challenge, a two-day tantalizing 2,400-point Grand tournament and lots of dynamite time to socialize with Warhammer players from around North America. This year, we've got a few new surprises for you, so make sure you check us out at www.bloodinthesun.com. That's right, www.bloodinthesun.com. Be there or be square. Are back. <laughs> that back. was like a Mr. Ed the intro. <laughs> we are back. are back. My teeth are like I got my veins sticking out of my neck and the teeth are all clenched. I've been up for oh my god, how long have I been up for? I've been up for what time is it? Ten fifteen? So yeah. let's see. Thirty six forty one hours. Oh, that's outrageous. Yeah, outrageous. I there got up go. at five. I got up a little after five o'clock yesterday morning, and uh, last night, um, last night I went on a weird Twitter rant too. Like, I saw that there was like a book on it was Twitter. Thirty-two. I just and it was funny because I just started typing. and I'm like, oh, it's going to be more than this. So I hit the one dash, two dash to see how far I would go, and I got to like thirty-two when I ended it. And then I went back and I had like fifty like at me, so like people responding. I didn't even read any of them while I was tweeting it. I was just like. Dude, I was in going, such huh? a bad mood. I was. You were rolling. Let me put it. I was in such a bad mood over just stuff. Like I had, I had just 
like weird stuff happened that day. It was like you know you know how you know when you're like you know joking around with uh, with a buddy and someone goes too far with it and someone gets offended and like mm-hmm. you had no like that had happened to me. And Where, like you I, were the, the, uh, the I was offending the offe- party. No, I was yes, I was the offending party, and I totally, and I, I basically totally said something that sounded completely foolish, <laughs> um, and I totally didn't mean it that way. And I mean, you you know me, I'm like the peacemaker. So when I realized I had really offended like a really good friend of mine. Uh-huh. Uh, like it was that was stressing me out, and I couldn't sleep anyway, and it was hot, and I was reading that freaking Archeon book, uh-huh. and like literally, it was like one in the morning, and I couldn't sleep. I'm like maybe I'll just sit down here on the couch and I'll tweet, and I'll just fall asleep screwing on my phone because that happens sometimes. Nope, it was just winding me up even more. And the it's next thing I knew, it's storm. like next thing I knew, it's like I gotta go to work. So I went to work, and I went there early. We worked out like I do every morning. Mm-hmm. I went through the job, dude. I was. I was almost I almost fell asleep in the middle of study hall. I was so upset, like I was so tired. Mm. And then I got home and like literally like I had Harrison have the lawnmower ready. I pulled into the garage, got out of the car, grabbed the lawnmower, had to mow the lawn, took Morgan to her stuff, and then I got home and I got on the air. So like I've been up. I'm like I'm totally insane at this point. I'm hitting my third wind. I don't know what I'm talking third about. Wind. Oh, at least my third wind. In fact, oh my god, I was at the point about three hours ago where I was just like sweating for no reason. Do you ever been like up so long and so late where you just like start getting like the the lack of sleep sweats like your body's just like hey something's not right I I've, I've never experienced that Oh my god I used to get that when I was a teenager and I would stay up like all weekend I did that I used to do that like when I was like 15 I think that, like, that can't be healthy 74 and a half hours I think was the longest I've ever stayed up That's that's crazy yeah. I could I could never do that That was a hell of a weekend though, like, I I'm sure I'm sure <laughs> But that's neither here nor there. Let's get to the toolbox brought to you by <laughs> Kazar Salazar. All right, reading. I am reading Mechanicum for After Ulanor, which we haven't had an episode in like three or four months, and that's my mm-hmm. fault. You know, it's GW's fault. I'm sorry, but the main show's got to take precedent. I'm reading all this damn end of times. Right. Um, What's Mechanicum? Mechanicum's really cool. It's the next book in the Horus Heresy series, and it takes place on Mars. And it's got when you know that talks about when the when the when the emperor first showed up to Mars and the deal they made. And it's basically the book where chaos corrupts Mars, told from the point of view of one of the good guys as they're basically getting wiped out. Is uh, Mars the planet where they make all the titans and the yes. heavy weapons? Okay, Mars is That's the okay. well. I mean, they make it other places too, but basically, Mars is the home of the the fabricators of all the cool crap. Gotcha. That they use. It's 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 an awesome book. It's one of my favorites. Hmm. Okay. So I'm doing notes on that, and I'm really enjoying it. I'm reading Archeon. I'm mm-hmm. a little over forty percent done, and uh, there's clever things in there. There's some stuff we're going to talk about on the show that I am really enjoying, mm-hmm. but they're basically crouched in these long, protracted ten pages of explaining how this city got its butt kicked, and then they pull back and reform. And I'm just like. Oh, seriously, I'm just going to cut my wrists. I don't want to read anymore. Oof. But, I mean, it's just, it's, uh, you know what it is? It's, it's you, the labor of love, right? Yeah, well, here's the thing. It's 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 annoying me. Like, I don't like watching my good guys lose like this. The, right. the characters I've known to come to know and love, and I kind of know where it's going, and I don't want it to go there. And so all the clever writing and cutesy little things they put in is not alleviating the fact that I'm just slowly, I'm, you know, I'm, it's, I'm watching a slow and painful death. 
You know what I'm uh, saying? The Game of Thrones syndrome. It's not even that. It's not even about the characters dying. It's like, it's seriously, it's like watching a loved one die of like a slow, painful disease. That's uh, tragic. It's a bad analogy. But that's what I'm saying. It's like seriously watching something I love slowly dying, and I'm and I'm putting myself through it. So I kind of had a freak out last night about it. But I'm reading. Wow, it. The, re- the reading is really getting to you. <laughs> it's, it's you know it's not poorly written either. It's just like, well, if, if it, it's it's not enjoyable reading at the end of it. If you're more stressed out about hey, it, the more than anything else, then... good art will get a reaction. Okay, it may be good a completely ne- it's arts. Like, Yes, but this is uh, this is a um, hey, you know, it's, it's, this is a form of entertainment. It's a diversion. It's not yeah. art. Art is a separate. Hey, its own art, thing. art is an entertainment. Art is for entertainment and a diversion too. Hey, and reading any book is it's for true. entertainment, you know. But I mean, some people like to watch horror movies and they like to watch that torture right, porn exactly. nonsense, right? Right, and right. And they get off on it. That's not my thing. But, you it, know but what is, is Warhammer reading supposed to be that? I don't, I don't think so. Well, I mean, I got to see how it ends. And it's like it's just it's I, I, like I said when I started this there was I did not I the farthest thing from my mind was Archeon would actually win I think somehow some way they're going to pull off something right. so that they would go on even though they were battered and bruised you know something would well, happen they, it is going on <laughs> yeah not on so, this planet but it is going on right so. Yeah, like I said, let's move on from that though. Just that's me though. I'm assuming you haven't been reading other than rule books for your other games. Not, yeah, not been reading. Yeah, not been reading at all. All right, move it along. Uh, yeah, uh, you've been doing a lot of hobby though. So why don't you tell us what you have been doing? Uh, yeah, so I recently sold off a bunch of old miniatures from uh, this line. Of, this line of minis for Babylon Five. It's an old like sci-fi the old show. show. Yeah, yeah, um, and I had a, a bunch of minis, two different fleets for that. That uh, one I sold, and the other one I'm in the process of sold, selling, and that netted me a pretty good chunk of change. So that has allowed me to fund and go nuts with, you know, X-wing, with Infinity, with my, you know, getting additional airbrush stuff. So that's been keeping me busy, and I, I must say, it feels great selling stuff that I'm just not using, oh, and to get, you yeah. know, a pretty penny for it. I did that last year, man, and it was great. Yeah, yeah. So it's a good, it's a good purge. Um. So yeah, in terms of X Wing, just buying a ton of ships there. Infinity, getting like a gaming mat and terrain. I bought a bunch of terrain for that, and little um gaming like you know gaming aids like miniature silhouettes and little different things that you need during the course of that game. So been doing that a lot. Silhouettes. Um, yeah. So the way that game works is, is, is if you have a guy. Let's say you have, you have a guy on a round base, right? Like, like a like a marine, for instance. Okay. It it works in line of sight, but they have these cylinders, the actual actual silhouettes of these cylinders. Where if there's a question about line of sight, if if you can see each other, you use the cylinder to determine. You basically replace the miniature with the cylinder to see who can see what. Oh, so if it's like a 25 mil round base, it's a 25 mil cylinder. So you put it down. It's this tall. It's this wide. Correct. Correct. And all you know, all 25 mil bases abide by that cylinder. And there's like six or eight different cylinder sizes. Oh, so that you I mean, use depending on machine. Picture. Like that's the rules. Like they say, you know, yeah, 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 yeah. from the base. So they actually sell the little cylinders. So there's no question. You just pop that Correct. over it, and that's yep, yep. That's kind of cool. Yeah, that's pretty neat. It's a fun. It's a fun game. I know you're looking forward to a demo, so we should. I am get that I in am. and talk about that. Because Lord knows, I need to start another game. I can't afford. 
right. And I have. Uh, let's see. What have I done? Have you done anything more? Anything you want to talk about? Uh, hobby wise? Yeah. Um, well, I tried my my hand at my 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 airbrush for the first time. Oh yeah. Some of that Infinity terrain, and uh, it was quite an experience. It's very interesting. I, I I think I have to work with it a lot to really get a feel for it. And uh, I'm yes. I don't think my let me ask you something. The ratio of alcohol to water, what is it that you use? You know what? I have a formula written down from a class I took at Adepticon, and I can give that to you. But I use Minotaur paints. Okay. Minotaur is made by Badger, and you could literally put it right in the airbrush and use it. Oh, you don't have to cut it. Nope. You can uh. cut it a little bit, but I haven't needed to. I buy their primer, Minotaur primer. It goes right in the airbrush and right in the models. It's mm. it's it's not that expensive, all things being equal, and mm. I don't have to play with any mixing of anything. And right there, I'm sold. Simple mm. is wonderful. Interesting. Okay. I might have to hit you up for that. Yeah, I'll get you the info. Cool. Uh, but yeah, that's it. That's it for my hobby. A lot right. of stuff. A lot of non-Warhammer stuff, unfortunately, but a lot of stuff nonetheless. Hey, as long as you're hobbying, you know, <laughs> you want to keep the hobby alive. That was the one thing that happened with Christopher is, you know, he always was, uh, you know, he liked to paint one model forever because he liked to really <laughs> do a model, but he never wanted to paint an army for a game. And when right. we started doing the show and he started going to tournaments and he had to paint whole armies, it was soul-crushing to him. Uh, and okay. when he quit the show, he pretty much quit the hobby. And he's done that before. I'm certain at right. some point he'll come back and start playing again because he always comes back. Mm-hmm. He loves it. But it just basically painting those last like two armies, making sure he had stuff to go to right. bits and those things, it just pushed him to the point where he doesn't do any hobby anymore. And I mean, as long as you're doing hobby in some game, you're still right. in, you're still in it. You're still you know connected, what I'm right, right? Exactly. Yep. Me, I've been doing some of the white and blue on my dwarf armor. I mm-hmm. did. Uh, I know I said a couple episodes I was going to put them away, and uh, I had some sense talked into me. And uh, I'm actually just sitting there and working. <laughs> was, it, was it was this a uh, a session with Rotor? Of course. Yeah. <laughs> I had a come to Jesus meeting. He's like, "You put those away. You're never going to pull." Because you've been working on them for months. You're really going to stop now when you're like seventy percent done. Right. He's like, well, he's like, are you kidding me? I'm like, and, and it's, no. it's not one. It's not like twenty guys. I think it's like forty. It's right? forty. Yeah, it's forty. So, but it's actually coming along, and you know what? And we'll get to that when we talk about our main topic uh, shortly. Um, I'll bring that up because one of the little things in the topic about how to keep your hobby going. Mm. This is kind of this. This is what I've decided to do to keep my hobby going until I know what's going on. So I'm doing that. Okay. Um, so just like I said, the, the 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 arm part, you know, the parts over the the the, the gauntlets and the shoulder pads, you know, the the blue mm-hmm. and the white, and the bits of the helmets, half and half blue and white on the outer sides. Okay. So you know, I've just been doing that, putting them on there. You know what? Why not? If I'm going to do something, pick it up. Just start, keep sure keep putting it on there. Keep trying to make these models the way I pictured them. You know, and there's let a, me ask you something. Yeah, how many points of dwarves do you think you could field? You mean painted? Hmm. Painted or not? Um, I don't. I, honestly, I don't know. I sold a bunch of the old stuff, and now I have this new stuff. And you know, the funny thing is, is I never had that much. Like I had maybe three thousand points of dwarfs, maybe. Oh, that's it. Yeah, you know, because I bought all this stuff, and I had enough for the tournaments, right. and then I bought a few things that, like, I never really used and didn't paint. But I never right. had excessive stuff because remember, seventh, you'd have a couple units of. 15 or 20 
So I didn't sure. have a ton of oh, yeah. basic yeah. dwarfs. I had, I had like forty of each type, and that was it. Well, if you uh, are game, we should do like a, a not end times. I suppose it could be end times. Massive mega battle between the the derfs and the orcs. Oh, that would be fun. Just go all out, like as much as you, we can bring. Once I get everything else built and get my stuff together, because I have trouble with my gyros, then I say we do it. Sounds good. Um, I, that would be awesome. Greenskins and dwarfs, that, that's one of my favorite battles. So yeah, that'll be fun. Um, I did buy the Pan Oceana, Oceania starter box mm-hmm. for uh, for Infinity. Have you assembled them? Um, kind of. What do you mean? I took them out of the box. And <laughs> have you glued anything together? No. Okay. I just haven't had the time. And I've been, right. you know, it's, I'm, I'm going to sit down. To, school's out in 13 days. And school's I will out be, for summer? Yes. <laughs> in 13 days. And I will oh, be getting that's right, this because stuff of done. The strike. Yeah. Ugh. That's got to be driving you crazy. Oh, yeah. So, and I got to find someone to watch the kids. It's a pain, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, I bought some more Malifaux stuff. I picked up this book called Crossroads, which is like a, I don't know if it's the expansion or what, but it looked really cool, and it's the Mm -hmm. new Malifaux book, and I said, I'll take it. And I picked up what they call Arsenal Boxes, which is when they redid the second edition, you know, they redid all the cards. Oh, like Because they redid a lot of the rules. They, you know, they, they tweaked the... The characters, their points and their abilities. And you know what I'm talking about, like the little cards, right. you know. And uh, so they came out with boxes, basically, of just all the cards. And there's two waves, you know. Um, so I have basically wave one for the Outcast, the Neverborn, the Arcanist, the Resurrectionist, and the Guild. Five of the factions. And it's got almost all the cards for all the characters that already existed. Mm-hmm. And basically, anyone that's not in these boxes, I don't actually own. So and I can always buy the others, but so I basically was picking up the cards because I want to. I want to get this going. Do they run tournaments for Malifaux? Oh, is yeah. it a tournament friendly game? Oh, oh yeah, okay. there's yeah, there's a lot actually for Malifaux. Uh, a lot of podcasts going. I know there's at least a half a dozen of those. And uh, well, I mean, cool in terms stuff. of local scene, like does UGG do they have events there? Or? No, not in UGG. But because I know they sell it, they carry mm-hmm. it. Yeah, there's people who buy it. It's a fun game. It really is a fun game. Whether you like the aesthetic or not, the game itself is pretty is pretty interesting and well done. Yeah, I, I hear good things. So I've been picking that up. I've been sorting through my orcs with a K, too, mm. kind of figuring out what I have and deciding if I want to learn how to use them and play that game. Haven't you had 40k tutorials before, though? Yeah, but that was like at the, what, like at the beginning of sixth edition or end of fifth edition. Like that's oh, been what that are, long. What are they in now? Seventh. Seventh. Yeah. So. Oh, jeez. Um, I was listening to the independent characters, and you should you should load up this podcast. They do something called Show of Force. It's not a book review. Mm-hmm. It's like a race review. I mean, they talk about all the fluff and the things they love about it and what they like about play styles. And then they, each guy on the show picks like one or two units that they, he really loves, mm. whether it's for painting or for, you know, you know rules-wise. Right. But it's not really a book review so much as it's just a, like why we love it. And they did one on orcs, and I was listening to it, and it's like, oh, my God. I just mm. I really love the, this army. And all the cool stuff and the cool models, and I've really been getting that I can orc see that. feeling. I, I've always loved like the 40k orc aesthetic. Yeah, the Gretchen and, and all that, and the big like iron jaws. I've always liked how they looked. Seriously, if you are sitting around and you've got the time or the desire, and you're listening to some podcasts, I you could do a lot worse than go into the independent characters. And it's episode uh, 123. 
Uh, it's just it's called mm-hmm. Show of Force: The Greenskins. It is. To, I've listened to it twice. Mm-hmm. Like it's top notch, and it's it's about it's a little under three hours, and it's really sort of comprehensive, and it makes you really want to play it. <laughs> like they did mm-hmm. a really good job. No, that's good. That's, so, that's a good show then. Yeah. Um, and like I said, well, all, other than waiting for my darn demo game of Infinity, which once I build the models, will have. Um, that's my hobby. So okay, very cool. Uh, so you haven't tried. I know you own Star Wars Armada, but you haven't played it yet. No, I haven't even had a chance to open the box. I'm trying to figure out if X-wing and Armada, like which is the more fun game. Now I've heard, I've heard both sides of it. I know Luke, our friend Luke, really uh-huh. likes Armada a lot. He's like, it's really fantastic. Huh. Um, what the hell? It's worth a try. I mean. Yeah, yeah, it's. I'm at the point now where I, I could, you know, get get that as well. But I don't know. I don't know. I I feel like I have to choose, but maybe that's not really the case. I, I don't think you do. I mean, I have X-wing and I picked up Armada. It's supposed to be a different. I mean, it's similar. It's fleet action. It's similar, right. but it's different. Yeah, and right. you get to play with the big star destroyers and stuff. I mean, uh, yeah, but that's from a, from a fighter point of view. I've you know, Star Wars is great. I yeah. love all their fighters, but from a, a fleet scale. Beyond Star Destroyers and you know like the the, the Corvette, the Blockade Runner, a couple of other rebel ships. For the mm-hmm. most part, I feel the fleet action ships kind of lacking. Well, they've got all those little stands with the little you know with all squadrons the fighters. of right. fighters. Yeah, those are cool too. That's cool. But the, it's the, the fleet action beyond well, Star what, Destroyers. I, I tell you part. what, you want to borrow mine and find out if you like it before you pay for it. Well, why don't we just play it? Go ahead. Well, sure, in a couple of weeks. I mean, if you want, don't mind waiting, because like I said, 13 days. Uh, yeah, I'm in, I'm in no rush. Okay, then yeah, we'll play mine. I, I need someone to play with anyway. So Works for me. Excellent. You got any other? So we can wrap this up? Uh, we watched Gone Girl. That was Terrible. awesome. Oh, my. It was such a bad movie, David. No, it wasn't. It was so dumb. Oh, my God. It was critically so acclaimed. Dumb. It made tons of money. It was based off an amazing book. Dude, that movie was crazy. My, okay, my wife... My wife read the book, and she even said that movie was a piece of crap. Yeah, well, you can be as wrong as you want to be. I'm okay. Oh, my gosh. You know, it's modern cinema. You know me. I can't appreciate modern cinema. You can't. <laughs> I saw Mad Max. How was that? I loved it. What um, do you think of um, that franchise as a whole? I See, I like the Mad Max. I like the first one. I love the second one. The third one's kind of dumb. Okay. Um, you know, I mean, it saved the children and stuff got silly. Tina right. Turner was awful. But right. even the stories. My big beef with this Mad Max is like the beginning just starts off really strange. And it's like he almost doesn't speak through the whole picture. And they so literally. Like the second. Yeah, but they like they literally lock him. In, they they put a like a this mask and they lock his jaw shut. And like he's trying to get this thing off. And, like, he's just beat up and battered. Parts of it are a little ridiculous, but the car chases, the the weird, the, you know, the, the uh, there's just so much neat stuff going on, and it was just, it was fun. It was, a, get your popcorn, get your soda, kick back, don't expect anything. Does it, you know, does it fit well into the world established by the previous three movies? I think so, yes. Yeah? Okay. It's, it's, it's that same sort of stuff going through it. Same thing. That you've seen in all these other movies, it's just, mm-hmm. I mean, it's just that it reminded me of those. It, you know the chase scenes from the Road Warrior, yeah, with Lord Humongous, yeah, yeah. It's like that ramped up on steroids for two uh-huh. solid hours, and that's all it is. It's just full bore. There's a couple of parts I saw. I was like, okay, this is kind of dumb. 
Like some of the characters were a little annoying. Like some of these mm-hmm. these guys, these these weird bike riders were a little annoying. And not the I mean the the drivers for the bad guy got a little annoying. But on the whole, just a fun fun movie. I'm looking forward to seeing that one. Yeah. The, that second World Warrior to me is one of my all time favorites. Yeah. Well, this is like that, just ramped up, and it's from the right. same director, same writer. Yep. Yep. It just it. I loved it. Um, okay. Other than that, I've been binge-watching Supernatural. I've seen your tweets. Oh, it's so good. It starts off slow, but it gets so fun. I mean, you got to sort of just roll with it because it gets, it gets crazy. I mean, they're fighting off evil. Mm. And, you know, you got to keep – the story's got to keep going, so they got to fight bigger and badder stuff. And Is that a network TV show? Like, yeah, it was like – CW? Um, yeah, or? WB or whatever it is. You know, oh, okay. It's, okay. it's on its 10th season. Oh, wow. It's doing something right. Hmm. And um, – Last, and we'll wrap this up, I've been reading, I've been listening on Audible to this uh, series called Edgel and Nix. Uh, it's by uh, Paul Brown, mm. and uh, he wrote, he just came out with a big New York Times bestseller, uh, Sith Lords, this new, uh, you know, Star Wars book called Sith okay. Lords. Uh, he wrote that. He writes a lot of Star Wars stuff. This is total sword and sorcery, Conan-esque type of stuff. It's somewhat huh. Dungeons and Dragons-y, but I go with more of the sword and sorcery. Um, it's just these two guys. Uh, the characters are super interesting. Like, he builds two characters that start off, and you're like, okay, I know these characters. They seem like stereotypes, but he gives them enough through the book, enough of their own right. sort of personality and stuff that it makes them really fun and interesting. And if you like sword and sorcery, you know, I mean, they're grave robbers. They're like tomb robbers. They're tomb raiders. But it's it's set in the Star Wars universe? No, 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 no. I'm sorry. Oh, Angela okay. Nix is, is total fantasy. Uh, uh, um, but okay. he he he's people might know him from some of his Star Wars stuff that he has written too. Oh, I see. He okay. writes sci-fi and fantasy. This is his fantasy. There's only two books out. Uh, mm. I just listened to the first one and I devoured it. I was like, this is so good. I so I went immediately and bought the second book. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you like, like I said, it it's more of a it reminds me more of a Robert E. Howard sort of fantasy. Interesting. Than uh, than straight Dungeons and Dragons, but all right. I guess it's break time again, isn't it? It is break time. All right. Well, we've been all over with this uh, fun and games, but we've got to get to the actual topic. So we'll be back. David and Chris, Garage Hammer. Unique Gifts and Games in Grays Lake, Illinois is the one-stop shop for all your gaming needs. They carry anything your favorite gamer may want. Board games, collectible card games, miniature-based games, and all your hobby gaming supplies are there, as well as books, charms, incense, crystals, and other unique gifts. UGG has it all. Come into the store and ask about their frequent buyers program, or check out their gaming and events calendars in-store or online. From Tuesday night War Machine and Thursday Board Game Night to Friday Night Magic, there's always something going on at Unique Gifts and Games in Gray's Lake. Check them out on the web at uniquegg.com.
And we're back talking some hobbying. Hobbying in the hour of darkness. Yes. I don't so know do you, what's coming. How do you, how do you keep, keep your on, hob- how do you keep your nose to the grindstone even when you don't want to? Yeah. Uh, you know, you, you love you love the hobby, but your game is upsetting you or disappointing you or you're in a state of flux or you don't know what to do. I mean, let's face it. I don't know anybody who's starting brand new army. You know what? And you know what? GW has completely effed up our um, hobby commitment challenge. Like we had about a hundred yeah, people totally. sign up. We've still got a good forty or fifty people who are like, "Screw it, I'm going," and they're still logging in every month and putting their stuff up. And congratulations to them; they're doing well. That's that's impressive. You I, know, that's, I, I tip my hat because I I. Even though I can't win, I join that hobby challenge, and yeah, that my my demons have just fallen by the wayside. Right, because you don't know what I mean. It, that's a lot of work to do to find out. Mm. You know, you have. I mean, if this is a complete reboot and a rewrite on the rules, yeah, maybe you need all this stuff, and maybe you don't. And who wants right. to commit What's, all that is time? It be useful is, is all the stuff that I'm that I have. Is it going to be viable, or is who it all wants just to commit soft all, choices? Yeah. Yeah. Who wants to commit all that time and in a month and a half find out you you've gone the wrong direction right. and you need to reboot? Yep. So, um, you know, I've had little desire to keep going daily thanks to the end time stuff. Although, if I was going to just go and do stuff just to keep doing stuff, I mean, mm-hmm. I've got my Nagash I want to do, and there's always I got these thousand zombies which are going to start going into full swing and right. into and God damn it! I agreed to this thing right before they pulled this on us. I really thought it would be cool with the giant Nagash armies and stuff to have all this stuff. And now I was like, you might have just committed to something stupider than you even thought. So Or not. Or the, it'll still be legal and you can still use well, it. And, you know, like I said, for Kings of War, it'll still be fun. So. Right. Um, so I had some ideas, and I know we both had some ideas of things you could do. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Tournaments still seem to be the biggest motivators of people get stuff painted. It is, you know, that's what you, historically for me. That's always been the case. It has been for me too, because you look when I haven't had a tournament in a while, I haven't painted a damn thing. So right, right. Um, but I would say first, like my first thing is you know try and mix it up, and I think that's a, a big thing. Is if you're getting in a rut, change what you're doing. Mm. You know, sometimes you got to go work on a different army. You know, a lot of us have more than one army. Right, and you're working on this project. Put it down. Go back to your old army and get those last couple of models you never finished up because you moved on. You know, just you know, sometimes just picking up something with a different aesthetic. Right, you kind of take yourself out of the the current situation and right. Yeah, you know, it's this thing I always wanted to paint. And I never did because it wasn't any good. Well, I don't know if anything's going to be any good. So if I'm going to paint, you know what I'm saying? Mm. <laughs> it's like I always wanted to finish that second. Uh, you know. I don't know, uh, you know, um, you know, terror geist. Mm-hmm. I always wanted to do my second terror geist. Never got around to it. Well, you know, why don't I? If, if, right. you know, if what I'm, if if the, you know, the odds are fifty fifty that anything I'm painting is not going to be usable next, you know, or isn't going right. to something I want to use. <laughs> so I might as well paint something that I just I've that I've been putting on the back shelf. So so paint for the for the sake of painting. Yeah, yeah. you know, just pick something, or just pick a cool model. You know that. Yeah, that character again. Painting for the sake of painting. Mm-hmm. I, I I have done this uh, once in a in a great while, and it is kind of empowering because you're not under a time crunch. You can experiment, right? Yeah. So uh, yeah, I find that um, 
a refreshing change of pace. And you can go to any level. You can just pick a character model. You know, go mm-hmm. out and buy a character model for the army. You know, I mean, certain armies have four or five or six different characters. You know, I yeah. know the Wood Elves were a great example. Of this Wood Elf with spear, Wood Elf with bow, right, Wood right. Elf with great weapon. Go pick out that one that you never bought and paint it and add it to your yep. army, you know, because character models are stuff that you can sit and you could really sort of play with them. Right, and, and then chances are you'll probably use it at some point, right? Exactly. You know, goblin heroes are great for this. Yeah, yeah. Because there's so many of them and a great variety, a lot of character, quick to paint, fun to paint. Yeah. So, yeah, the goblin characters are probably my favorite infantry-type miniature to paint bar none. Really? Yeah. Oh That's, yeah. Yeah, and well, and makes sense though, you know, because you can do whatever with them. Mm-hmm. Um, it could be a model from just a different game you play. Honestly, like the Malifaux stuff I picked up has sort of gotten my juices flowing. I want to paint some of these things up so that I can play yeah. it. So it's like you know, a, you know, and you, you've been doing that too with the Infinity. Yeah, yeah. It's, the, it's totally it, the, the aesthetic is so different. Uh, you know, it certainly is for Malifaux. With Infinity, it's a lot of, you know, brighter neon colors and a lot of armor, guns. You know, I've never painted a gun. <laughs> yeah. Ever. Even in fantasy, I haven't. Oh, that's right. Have I? My dwarfs, I've painted a lot, but you haven't, have you? Yeah. Because yeah. you have just the elves. Um, right. Yeah, and with the Infinity, like I said, I picked that Pan Oceana box, and I just, I, you know, I, I actually read through the fluff first and found an mm-hmm. army that it looked in. And <laughs> um, the Hockey Slum. Army was actually mm-hmm. the one that I thought fluff wise really interested me, mm-hmm. and then I saw the models and said, "Nope." Really? I, the models, I, I some of them are quite cool. Okay, they are quite cool. They're not what I was picturing in my head, mm-hmm. and this might be totally like. And you know, I'm not trying to be like racist, but mm-hmm. they kept saying they were out in the desert, and I was picking, right. the, you know, the that Middle East. I was picturing like, you know, like. Uh, and I, I I don't know how like Aladdin looking like, guys like, like ISIS oh. with the, no <laughs> with like no like with no seriously or like like Lawrence of Arabia with the big turbans and the long flowing capes and the baggy pants like I was picturing like that <laughs> kind ethnic. of well just, I mean th- there's people who still dress like that I you know suppose but this, these are more urban warfare type well, right exactly. fighters yeah they look yeah. like Katachan warriors from 40k right. I mean that's not what I was exp- when I read it I was expecting this. You could always convert it. I mean, if you want to give them flying carpets and, you know, I mean, I Okay, I wasn't going to flying <laughs> carpets, but I was just thinking I was expecting them to be dressed more in a in this sort of almost like that weird traditional. Garb. Yeah. And they're in they're in, you know, vests with no shirts and camouflage pants. And I was like, that was not what I was picturing. And it's they're cool because I like the motorcycles, but I walked mm-hmm. away from that. The Pan Oceania stuff, yeah. you know, they, it's first of all, it's blue and I never paint with blue. It's this bright right. blue colors. You know, everything's kind of crisp and clean. They've got the nice armor. You know, it's it's almost like, I guess, from I compared it in uh, War Machine to if you played, like, Signar. They're the guys with all the yeah, best weapons. Yeah, yeah. In the mm-hmm. And I never play those armies. I always play the undead. Everyone's got the crappiest crap. Uh, but there's right. a ton. Of, so I was like, you know, this is a complete 180 from what I normally do. Right. So I, that's why I picked that one. Um, yeah, and, that works. Dude, you could just totally pick a model from something you'll never play, too. You know, when I first started playing fantasy, I, I, I picked up the high elves. My friend took warriors, and uh, he wasn't a big painter. But right. I asked him, "Hey, that chaos, you know, character of yours? Can I can I paint it for you?" He's like, "Yeah, sure." And that was just a lot of fun. Yeah, you're doing something totally different. You know, the big armor plates and really aggressive looking guy with this big sword. That was a lot of fun. And what I even took a, a one of my high elf spearmen heads. 
and glued it to the base and made it look like a severed head with all this blood and everything. Wow. Uh, yeah, yeah. Really, uh, you know. So it was uh, talk about change of pace. That was a lot of fun to do. Yeah, like I've got this cyborg, um, the the dwarf lord riding on a bear. You know. Now I saw that in the notes. That's a real miniature. Yeah. Because I've always thought that was like a rumored like. No, I got it. Like a, like a fishman, like a like an no. urban rumor. No, cyborg makes them. I got a dude. It's, I'm looking at it on my shelf right now. After the show, I'll take a picture of it and I'll t- I'll, t- I'll send it to you on the phone. It's a really cool model. It's this big ass bear, like a giant bear, and there's this dwarf lord riding on him. It's the coolest model. I would never. There, there's no game for me to play that with. You know, could, could you use that as like a lord, like with shield bearers? Dude, it's it too big up. for that. Oh. I mean, it's literally. I mean, dwarf on shield bearers is a twenty by forty. It's two. Mm. Tw- it's two twenty mil bases stuck together. This thing's big. Mm. Like, I mean, you're. Ta- I'm talking like you know, almost like like a Mornfang rider sort of size model. Oh, that big? Jeez. I mean, the, the, okay, the bear's a little smaller than that, but I'm talking. I mean, it's like, it, but it's like a monstrous infantry looking thing. And dwarfs like don't troll, have like a shoal size. Yeah, maybe a little. You know, well, I mean, it's on all fours, right? You know, um, maybe okay. like the old, the, like the ride on the juggers. Okay, right. You know, about that size. You know, so like a, you know, but mm. it's. I mean, there's nothing in a dwarf army for any system I play that has that. So, yeah, I guess but that's just no, it's like- such a cool model, and I love it. And it's like one of these days, I just want to sit down and paint it. And right. you could totally do that. Or pick up some, you know, cool thing. You know, I mean, we all have our little hobby shelves, and you have your display cases. Mm. Do a display case model. I mean, I bought, uh, I bought uh, the uh, Abaddon and uh, Loken, uh, the little two-piece mm. display one from 30K oh, from, right, yeah. from Forge World. I'm never going to play that, but that's I bought it because it looks awesome. Right, right. You know, make, do, do a display case model for yourself something speaking of that one thing that i would like to do with my orcs and any army that you have like a lot of painted units completed Mm -hmm. is uh kind of do like an army on parade photo session you know what i mean like set them up and just without the trays just get them like onto the like onto a display board yeah Yeah. like like gw uh magazine spread yeah i would love to do that and you have you have the army for it. Your your orcs and goblins. If you put all that crap out on the table, well, it's it's with a lot of forests together. and a lot of stuff. Yeah, that would yeah, be yeah. awesome. I think it could be fun to do. Yeah, and that that there's keeping your hobby going, and that that's actually one that's coming down um, in number three. So we'll get we'll get to that because that's actually something we could throw in there. Um, let's see what else do I have in here? Getting some work done. You know, mm. go paint some terrain. Mm-hmm. You've been doing it. Mm, you need to do it. Oh, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> That's like the running joke. I know. My terrain sucks. Not, it's not that it sucks. It's just primed. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's what I mean. It's just, it's just primed. <laughs> you have a I lot have of like ghost two, fence, a lot of ghost I have like forests, two buildings. A lot of ghost buildings. Yeah. I have two <laughs> buildings that are painted. Or maybe only one, but they're painted. It's yeah. painted. Something's painted. Um... But you've been doing a lot of custom bases. Yeah, and that's another thing. You know, yeah, do us. There's all sorts of stuff we always want to do, but we never get to. And if you don't know what to do for your army, if you're stuck, now, 
I had to stop custom bases because I don't know if my square bases are going to work right, anymore. Right, so yeah. Son of a bitch. But so I can go paint terrain. You know, get something done. Work mm-hmm. on your tables. You know? Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's, I mean, that's definitely something. You know, my table is just that couple of things of foam core with a mat. Maybe I want to start working on something to do a better table together. I mean, there's, right. there's elements outside of the actual models on the table that make up our hobby. That well, the actual playing surface. A lot of people put a lot of time into, right. you know, like a, a modeled surface, not just a cloth mm-hmm. surface, but, you know, something that's actually, that's actually modeled. Yeah, work on your display boards. Mm-hmm. My display board sucks. If I had nothing else to do, that's what I'd go back and keep working on. You know, you got all these guys who come with these. And I'm not talking you got to be like... like Brandon Palmer. Yeah, you don't got to be... Display board. <laughs> a Brandon Palmer insane-o display board that you got to go rent a truck to bring it right, and deliver right. it to it. But, I mean, you know, Herner has some really cool ones. Johnny mm-hmm. Hastings usually has some really cool mm-hmm. stuff to go with his display, you know, with his army that he's building. Um, just, you know, come up with an idea and see what you can do with that. Yep. You know, those are the things that... We always say how oh I gotta do this for the tournament. I don't want to do that. That's like some of the tooth pulling. But if you don't know what to do with your army, right? Maybe go back and look at that. Maybe that'll you know give you some inspiration. You know, part of the one of the things I, I wanted to note under the, the getting work done is the the Persian cell that we talked about before. There's nothing more fun than getting a wad of cash for old minis that you don't even use. Like I don't mind saying like the the one fleet that I sold, I sold for to a guy in the United Kingdom for five hundred and twenty five dollars. Dang! Now was that yeah. more than you paid for it? Way more. So you Way actually more. made a profit. Yeah, I mean they're old, so they're they're hard to find. They're uh-huh. pretty well painted, and they're all converted. Like I put little antennas and turrets on everything. Oh, so and wow! Decals yeah. and yeah, the whole bit. So, See, so he really liked what he saw. So he made a good offer, and uh, I, yeah, I jumped all over it. So when you have that wad of cash, I mean, talk about fueling your hobby. Then you can buy all the stuff that you may not need, but may have always wanted. Right? Yeah. Dude, that's how I funded my dwarf army. My dwarf army, I only, I think I only spent about one hundred and fifty dollars total. Yeah, that's, that's great, isn't it? With and I got like, I'm, I'm talking. I mean, you saw it. I had like fifteen or sixteen boxes yeah. of this forty, fifty dollar box stuff. I sold all my old metal dwarfs, and mm-hmm. even at that percentage of retail, I was getting enough. And then you get, you know, you get your little store discounts from your local friendly sure. game store, and suddenly, bing, bang, boom! I, you know, I turned it into something where I got rid of my old stuff and got the new stuff and didn't really lose any money. That's like a whole other episode. but It, it is. But that's such a fun part of the hobby is, you know, calling what you don't need and gathering funds to, to get go out and get what you do need, right? I yeah. find that's that's a very rewarding part of the hobby that we never really talk about. No. Well, because nobody likes to talk about selling their stuff. Mm, well, if you can make a good profit, then I'm happy to talk about it. Well, yeah. I mean, heck, I mean, after this, I mean, seriously, I, I'm once ninth edition comes out, I got to see if, I mean, Morgan is still interested in playing, but I've got that. I've got a lot of armies now, and I know everyone's thinking that, you know, I mean, you know, do you sell it? Do you keep it? Right. But I have, I mean, Harrison, I mean, he's never going to sell his high house, but we've got these Wood Elves that I kept because he and I both thought about playing them. You know, if we're not going to play them, I'm going to do another purge, and it's just, it's what we're not playing with, not because... Of the hobby, or because I want to get rid of it, it's just I'm going to purge whatever right. I can. Um, you know, and I know people are going. I know people are going. Oh, geez, I hope it's worth something. Well, hell, hell, me too. But right, you know, I'm just I'm just thinking once this new edition comes out, I'm going to go through again and see what I want and what I need, and I'm going to purge the rest because I need room. Have you ever sold something and then regretted it? Um, 
there was a couple of times I've sold things and I've looked back like I wanted to do a conversion or I thought about something. Like, well, I thought I had one of these. Ah, oh, damn it, I sold it. But it was never any like, oh, no, I shouldn't have done that. Right, right. I never felt that, you know. But, yeah, I, I never I never have either. Yeah, I thought I, I might with with the with these things that I recently sold, but even now I'm like, well, well I, you were agonizing over it because I saw you even talking on on you know you know on social. Uh, so yeah, do I, I sell this? Do I do this? Yeah. What do I do? You really were agonizing over it. Now you know, but once you get the cash in your agonize. pocket, yeah, yeah. Once you have the cash in your pocket, then it's a different story. Yeah, and, and those things I would look at once every other year, maybe not even. So what what utility was I getting from it? Oh, practically none. Exactly. So, um. I don't even know how long we've been going. I'm wondering if we should just take a break. Yeah, you know, let's a- just do it. Let's take a quick break. If, sorry if it's quick. Whatever. Shut up and listen to the commercial. <laughs> right. All right. We'll be back. folks it's dave are you looking for that special model to add to your army a monstrous creature or maybe a character model something unusual that not everybody else is fielding on their table well then you should check out mirse miniatures at mirseminiatures.com their darklands line is full of some of the most fantastic creature models you'll ever see and with the success of their recent kickstarter those models will be perfect for you to play in their forthcoming Darklands game. So whether you're looking for a new skirmish level game to play with lots of cool monstrous creatures, or you're just looking for that extra special model to add to your existing games line, Mirce Miniatures is really worth your time. Check them out at Mirce-Miniatures.com, and seriously guys, you'll be glad you did. back stoking the fire hobby i gotta hobby say hmm. just our little chat here is like i'm looking at the models on the table and think, you know yeah yeah i could do that you know I, I, even nice. our little chat here is making me feel like you know i swear if i could get away with it i would bring the the damn pan oceania with me to work and i would just get them all glued together during study hall uh, <laughs> Well, those are. I have to warn you that the models are not for basic. They're they're more advanced skill level. Just even assembly because there's so many small little fiddly parts. That's why they. W- that's why they didn't come out of the package. I pulled it all out, opened it, and went, "Oh, mm-hmm. no, no, I'm not working on this right now." Yeah, it's this, this weird thing where you have to have two things glued together at the same time at the right angle, and that. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. That you know what the model makers that do that need to get kicked in the ding ding because that happened with my grave guard and those guys that's hard like they're yeah. those skinny little arms and if you don't mm. hold it just right it doesn't go together and they're all leaning sideways oh, oh no. that pisses me off so yeah prepare yourself but the good thing is you only need what a maximum of ten of those guys and then you're done exactly so um so the next step uh, on keeping your hobby mojo going um take some. Take some time and try something new or more advanced. Mm-hmm. If you're not going to, you know, if you don't want to go and start something, paint some whole new thing, then why not go back and, and try and, you know, work on your skill? You know what I'm saying? I don't want to build a oh, whole yeah. army, but I've got this stuff. 
focus on your skill. Maybe try using an airbrush. I know you just bought one, and you're having kind of fun with it. You're learning. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm learning a ton and having fun with it. Uh, I need to yeah, use it, mine more, but you know, because I don't use it nearly as much as I should. The thing I, I wonder is, I know I'd like to learn is how to use that airbrush for you know one small twenty eight, twenty five million, twenty eight millimeter guy, rotor you know, does an it. infantry guy. That'd be hard to do, I would imagine. You know what? If you got that fine tip and you know what you're doing, I mean, it's not going to get hard edges, but maybe you don't want hard edges. You know, right? I mean, that's not. I don't. You know, I don't know if you can do it for hard edges. I, I don't know enough unless you I tape it up. Rotor I, I think does it. You, you saw Rotor's uh, yeah. his towel. I his mean, towel, his lizard, his crockgar. Was yeah. that the guy? Yeah. Well, look at that gut. Look at if you look at Rotor's pictures that he posted on Twitter with his towel. Mm-hmm. All that light source, the glowing parts yeah. of the guns. Mm-hmm. That's all from his airbrush. That looks yeah. hot. It does look nice. Yeah, it, uh, it's such a precise application, though. I, I that kind of control. I, that's I'd be I'd love to be a fly on the wall and just watch him. It, I mean, it, it can't be impossible because he's not the. It's not like I mean, there's a lot of people who are doing it. Right. It just takes practice, like anything else. And I'm I'm thinking, mm-hmm. hey, if 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 you can if you got the time to do the practice, it's obviously you can see the people who are using it and the results they get. Mm-hmm. If you want those results, it's worth the practice. You know, mm. like anything else, you know, you do it 10,000 times and you should master it. Right. Yeah. Um, try a new advanced technique. Maybe you are blending or you're shading. Find someone who knows how to do this and say, screw it. I'm going to take this one unit of 10 or 15 guys and I'm going to try non-metallic metals. I'm going to try, you know, <clears throat> seamless. Blending. Yeah. Blending. Yeah. You know, cause what do you care? I don't know what I'm going to do, so why don't I build my technique so that way when this when mm. I do know what I'm going to build, the next thing I make is going to knock people's socks off. It's. I wonder though if if people are not under the time crunch, like how many people actually, if they just say, "Well, I, I have an evening where I can do anything," I'm going to devote it to experimenting with this this technique. Do you think that happens a lot, or it it should happen more? But I wonder if people out there, if they have the option and, and if they don't have to paint. Would they would they take that option? I'm saying if you want to, if you want to, like you you want to do hobby stuff. You know, we have sometimes we have like paint nights. Yeah, and you know you you know I, I don't have anything. Which we up. need to have another one, by the way. Well, yeah, I agree. Um, but you know, I know there's been paint nights where I don't have anything that I can really do, or I'm kind of tired, mm. and I know, so I'm just I just like start building things or something like that. It's just I want to be a part of the of the group. I want to hang out and talk, but right. I don't have the wherewithal to sit and do some of this fine work that night. So maybe I'm just building something. That's a, you know, so you know, there's nights when you're doing hobby when you just you know, hey, I'm going to try something. I mean, it, not everyone can do it, and it's not going to be an everyday thing, mm-hmm. but it's just a suggestion, you know. Yeah. I mean, hell, I sat down here for a month trying to figure out how to do Mother of Pearl, and then I threw right. it aside and said, screw it. I'm coming back to it some other time because I ain't getting it. It's frustrating me. It's holding up my entire army. Mm-hmm. But at some point, I'd like to go back and figure out how to do that. And I got some good suggestions. I think I got an idea. Uh, and at some point, I'll go back to it. But, I, I mean, I did that. I literally sat down and did nothing but try to figure that out for weeks. Right. You know? If it had worked, I'd have been much happier. <laughs> sure. But, uh, you know, that happens. So what else have we got on this list here? Uh, oh. Going back to a completed unit that you always wanted to bling out. That's what I'm doing. Yeah? That, that's this hammerer unit. Dude, this is the first unit that I had really good faces, that I have eyeballs with pupils that look straight ahead, that aren't all, you know, fried egg-eyed. They look good. Right. 
you know, um, I got, I went back and I highlighted each individual piece of those male skirts. You know, you saw it. I mean, it's actually, it's, I'm not tooting my own horn. I think it looks pretty decent. Oh, yeah, they did look good. I went in, I got 40 dwarfs with at least eight or nine different types of beards in there. You know, I broke it down. I, I just, I went literally through all my paints and I set up, I went through the GW painting guides for dwarfs. Mm. And took their, you know, I went and found every different combination they had. There was like seven or eight of them. And so I mixed all those up, added a couple colors of my own to get different highlights and shades. So, like, you know, I got 40 guys in there, and no two beards are exactly alike. And, (laughs) you know, there's little groups. You know, some guys have brown beards, some guys have light brown, some guys have black, gray. You know, I've, I've tried to mix that up so that there's, it's not, I mean, they they have that same damn pose. They're dwarfs. They're short. Right, There's right. not a lot. So put in the change where you can, right? Uh, at this point, I'm going, I'm going back and doing the white and blue on them. Um, mm. I haven't been really shading them high to low yet because I don't mm-hmm. know where the light's going to hit them. I'm not even concerned about that yet. Um, but I am going to go back and time. yeah, I'm going to. But I'm going to go do all the gold edging on the metal and the yeah. stuff, the little things in their beards, the stuff on their armor, and I think I'm actually. Uh, if I keep working on this, I'm going to try to do the gems. Nice. You know, and those are really tiny. They're tiny on most models. They're really tiny on dwarf models. Right, right. That's, you know what? For the, my favorite army and the army that I said, this is the army that I want to make, like, my best painted army ever because mm-hmm. I love it. This was a bad choice. Just because they're tiny. Mean? They're so small. Oh, right. Well, it's it's, really they're, they're, hard. They're, they are miniatures. Yeah, but I'm saying... It's really hard to get in. On, I mean, they're smaller than the regular miniatures, so even the, it's, it's like it, some of the detail is harder for me to. Well, that's, that's, that's just, the maybe challenge. That's me, you know, that's the challenge. You know, yeah. the smaller it is, that the harder it's going to be. Would you say that this unit that you're painting right now is it to this point the best one that you've ever painted? You know, there's some parts I look at and I could tell it's a little bit sloppy, mm-hmm. but there's also times when I'm looking at it going. It's still pretty cool. I think if you're looking at just face-wise and, and basic work, this is, yeah, this is probably my best so nice. far. That's impressive. I mean, it's, well, actually, it's not all that impressive. I mean, my army is not – even my centerpiece models, you, I, I look at them and I compare them to guys like you or these guys oh, who do – stop, stop. So, but, but, I mean, your personal – you Yeah. But is, is it my personal best? Yes. But I still, like I said, there's things that I want to get to. You know, I've still not gotten that really smooth blending down. I haven't either. You can't throw my you name know, into that list. Yeah, but your stuff, I don't know. I don't know what it is about your stuff that looks, it's just so sharp. Like my graveyard, like people look at it, and it's pretty good, but you look at it and you can just see it's like a layer of dark green and then there's a layer of lighter green and lighter green. It almost looks like paint by numbers because it just, you could see where each next color no, went on. You'd be too hard on yourself. Uh, you got you to work in increments, so, yeah. but you're, you're definitely improving. And Yeah, and that's, I think that's pretty cool, you know? Yeah. Um, or you know what? Sit down with that unit you always dreamed of painting, and they're just and sit on it until it's the best unit you ever done. I mean, sometimes you know, there's there's that unit in your army that you're always like, that's my favorite. Mm. You know, well, you got. I mean, what's your like? If what's your favorite unit or model from the orcs and goblins? You or you said you like the goblin uh, bosses. Uh, goblin bosses. I've always liked squigs. Those are fun to paint. I think for you. Well, if I were to play VC, for me, it would be um, Blood Knights. Yeah, and I've got five, and I started painting them, and I'm pissed because they're the uh, the fine cast, and they're actually I got I got fine cast ones that were all really good, mm-hmm. but this paint job's terrible, and I don't know how to strip fine cast, so I'm pissed. 
because I don't know what to do with it. And uh, it's I really wanted it to be like my crowning achievement. And I, I wonder if you could shelf. just dip it in um, simple green. Well, that was that safe, or that, does that melt it? I don't think it melts it. I mean, it, it, you know, I mean, I've put plastic in it, and it's been fine. It's just that stupid box. It's like I, it was a gift, and it's like a hundred dollars or ninety dollars right. for that box. And if I screw one up, I'm gonna like I'm gonna be very upset. Like you know, there might be tears. So <laughs> well, I, you know, that would I would definitely practice on other models and get your technique down, and, and then and then apply it to those uh, yeah to those blood knights. So yeah, and you can do that. I mean, just find something that's like wow, this is mm-hmm. you know, like I said, if your hobby has come to a standstill, why not? Just focus on one thing and may, try mm-hmm. to make it that best thing you've ever done. You know? Yeah, I agree. Uh, conversions. That's another thing you could try. Yep. Hey, you know what? I'm going to try my hand at coming up with somebody at head swaps. If going from basic to even, you know, try your hand uh, with, you know, green stuff. Try simple green stuffing techniques and see if mm-hmm. you can try that. I mean, it's just something to get Something those, to mix it up, mm-hmm. you know? You know, one thing that you glossed over or that we didn't mention was uh, your notes here indicate take on the stupidest project ever. I was I, I wasn't skipping it. I was saving that one for last. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. you could decide to paint a thousand zombies or something really dumb, and right. then you've got a project. You know, it's something to work on. You could just be like, "This is something I want to do," and mm. it's just stupid. One of the projects I've always wanted to do is convert a giant. Into basically a giant night goblin with the, the, oh, the wow. pointy nose and the big robe and everything, and paint it green. That to me would be hilarious. That would be pretty cool. That would be you know, the, the antithesis, the absolute opposite of a <laughs> right. night goblin. Right. But and, but there you go. Those are like the yeah. These are the type of things where if if everything's at a standstill for your hobby right now because you're waiting for ninth edition and I know it's only a month away so some of these things you know we should have suggested this back when I was ready to you know yeah that's a good point when I was but ready I mean, to it's, put it's, my models on the driveway and run them over independent of new editions coming out everyone goes through their, their hobby lulls so right. it's, it's still relevant yeah um, you know get yourself a new toy sometimes that's it Just go buy something I mean sometimes you know, I, I know I, I mentioned the independent characters earlier, and I do love that show. Um, but when they talk about the hobby progress, there's sometimes when guys have done no hobby progress. Like, well, I bought stuff. Does that count? Hell, yes, it counts. You've added to your stuff, you know? And I'm not even just talking about a model. I mean, you went out and bought an airbrush. Hmm. You know, that's not a cheap investment, but I tell you what, you go out and buy something like that, you're going you're gonna to get your hobby going again. You want to use it. Yeah, you know, I think the point is because you're you're in that that frame of mind, right? right. You may not be actively painting right now, but uh, you're you're thinking about it. I got a foam cutter for Christmas. I asked for a foam cutter, and he actually got one. And so my last display board, even though it was tripe, mm-hmm. um, was I mean I did all the edges with a foam cutter, and I'd never used one before. So I was mm-hmm. like, this is kind of awesome. It's kind of fun, right? Yeah, I was like, this is great. I wish I could figure out how to do it to dig a moat, and I couldn't, so I didn't. <laughs> but. There's other things you can do, and it was like, you know, I had a foam cutter, and I was I was having fun playing with it and figuring out how to work it. Yeah. You know, make, you know, if you really want to go crazy, make yourself a new gaming table. That's that's definitely a project in unto itself. Yeah. Or I know you have a table, but, like, is that center board in the table removable? On, on mine underneath? Yeah. It is. Yeah. The, no, I mean the actual, the, like, the playing board, the board you actually play the game on. It's like Oh, it is, yeah. Yeah. yeah you could take it out. Yeah, I mean, you could... 
just you know do stuff with that. Like I'll tell you what, the dream project I always had, and I told mm-hmm. Christopher about it. He's like, that would actually be really cool. Because you know, when we first started playing. We had all these, you know, we roll out the green mat, and everything's right. getting stuck on it, and models are falling sure. over. I said, I want to make a board that I just put like layers of varnish on, so it's really smooth. Mm. And Chris, like that would be cool. He goes, Well, what would you do on it? And I'm like, I wanted to paint a map of the old world, like on a four by six board. And I'm mm. pretty good with that type of stuff. Like I could mm-hmm. draw it out and paint it, paint out a map of the old world, and then get that clear varnish and just put like that fifty coat stuff on it, where it's really thick. It's got mm. a nice smooth layer. Yep. That would be a great gaming table. It's just something to do. You know, it's like when I got extra time. Cool. You know, and then you're playing on a map of the old world. That would be kind of neat, you know, as mm. something underneath. Now, granted, it could be distracting, and you're going to throw terrain on top of it and stuff, but right. it would be something where people came over and looked at it. They'd be like, wow, yeah. that's pretty cool. That is pretty cool. You know, I, I the table that I have down in my basement, I did make out of some kind of leftover wood. And it's it's decent. It's, I, at the time, I thought, oh, this is great. You know, Dude, it is pretty good. Fully functional it's functional than what I got. Uh, four by six table, you know, it's great. And then Steve, he came over, we played a couple games. This is when he was new to the game, back when he played, and he decided he'd make a table. He sent me some pictures. Man, he went all out. He like sanded it down, he stained it, and then he sealed it. Show and then off. He had, we, yeah, <laughs> wheels underneath each oh, no. the, the post so it was he could roll it around and then lock it in place. I'm like, Oh man, you really went to town on this. Speaking of which, have you seen I know it they're at Gen Con, I think it's called Geek Chic. Mm. They sell like gaming tables that are like custom made gaming tables. I've, I've seen these. They run up towards anywhere from like a thousand to fifteen thousand yeah. dollars. Yeah, they're ridiculous. I mean, you could buy the special types of wood, right. and they have little dice towers that you can roll through, and they've got a little place to hide your books, and they've mm-hmm. got ones where you can actually keep your game on the table, yep. and you could put a, like a, make it a regular table, like you could cover it up, and mm-hmm. one's not just for miniature gaming, but like let's say you want to play like you, like you play board games. Right, you could have your big ass, you know, one of those big, you know, risk you know, or access box. Analyze, yeah, like sure. those coffin box games with a thousand pieces, yeah. and then you literally just take the top off the table and it's sunk in there, and that's where the game is. So you could close right. it up and go back to it later. That's that's cool stuff. That would be pretty cool. My father in law is a handyman. I showed him pictures of that once. And he's like, I could do something like oh, this. Oh, he's like, totally not do this that. good. He's like, I'm not this good, dude. Next time you come over, remind me to show you. I have. Uh, Christopher has one. Harrison and I both have um, those. Uh, you know, like GW used to sell those wood, those you know wooden mm-hmm. hobby crap. Yeah, I, the hobby stations. Yeah, I, I took. I, I told my father, I go look at this. I showed him the picture online. He's like, I could do that. He goes, I could do oh, that for nice. about four dollars worth of wood. And I said, okay. And I showed him kind of what I, I told him what I wanted. Yep. And like he showed up at my house two days later with them oh, done geez. varnished. He had like the little foam on the bottom, so non-stick, you know, non-sliding foam. It wouldn't scratch up your tables. Hmm. He's like, "Oh yeah, I did this. Got handles on the side." He's like, "I had a couple of those those little pull things, like from your dresser drawers, you know." He's like, mm-hmm. "I put them on the side so you can carry it." It was like, you know, you nice. Can do. The, the, the point is, there's a ton of stuff out there that you can do. You know, outside of just saying, "I don't know what army to paint," or "I don't right. know what to do." You can get out there, and there's just so many things. And you know what? When we go to tournaments, we do this all the time. You go to your tournament, and you walk around, and you're looking at other people's armies and other people's displays going, wow, look at this. Wow, look at that. And it's like, well, do, go do that. Mm-hmm. Go go try that then. You know, you might fail at it. Hell, I did. It did three weeks. Couldn't get a, sure. couldn't get a mother of pearl look. But. I tried it. Of, yeah, a lot of trial and error. Yeah, for sure. and I hate trial and error. You have no idea how much that bugs me. 
Like seriously, when the I, end result is good, doesn't make doesn't that make it worth it? I, I guess, but I tell you what, when I start painting test models after about the third, I'm ready to I'm ready to. Get, ugh. That mm. was that was probably the hardest sticking with that, trying to get that mother of pearl to work for as long as I did mm-hmm. was one of the hardest things I've ever done in this hobby because I just have no patience for that stuff. I can imagine, and that's that task that you undertook is not not an easy one for no, sure. No, it was stupid. It was too much. Someday, but not now. Right. Um, but there's there's just there's just so much you can do. Heck, I've got that picture of John Withune's army, his Nurgle army from PACA this year. Mm-hmm. It's my screensaver at work. Mm. And when I when I use the projector and put the stuff on from my when my when my stuff goes on the big screen at work, my kids always see it. Right. You know, and some of the guys the guys come in from like the PE coaches and stuff. They always pop into my room to say hi yeah. because we work out in the morning. And they're always like, "Oh, are those your man dollies? Are those uh. your toys? Your toy soldiers, White Tech dork." But I like I keep that up there because you know John's army. We talked about it. Every stupid right. plague bearer's got a piece of something. There's like all like, it's an every model conversion army, and that's honestly my personal like dream army like if i was ever going to have something in the running for best painted mm-hmm. it'd be one of those where it's like every model's converted type of things that's uh. that's what when i look at that on the table that's the thing that really gets me more than anything else right like i even said to rotor i mean i, I know rotors was in for the top 10 for at paca and he's mm-hmm. like you know don't you know he's one of my closest friends I voted for John. No offense. I'm like, I love your army, and the army was good, and it was top-notch, but mm-hmm. just the amount of all that little conversion work. And plus, I love Nurgle. So mm-hmm. on top, it just, it was, it's yeah, so, it just blew me out of the water. It was everything I've always wanted to have in an army. Right. I couldn't not vote for it. It was so good. Yeah, to, to, to convert every single model to that level, that was that's quite an impressive feat. It was to the point where I actually was, I was sitting next to Mike Gerald, and he was looking at it, and... I was like, I don't even remember what this, like, I don't, I didn't have some of these models, so I didn't know what they looked like, and I'm like, how much did you actually, and he said, like, oh my God, and he's pointing out all mm. how much some of these models were converted, and I was just like, that's just sick, like, there, there's, mm. there's, I, I stopped, I said, there's something, you know, that's, there's something wrong with John. Like, but, you know, but that, that keeps it fun, though, to convert every single model and make it its own. Yeah. I would, I would imagine that would be a ton of fun. Yeah, and there's, but there's things you could do. And suddenly, you know, even as we're talking about this, I'm getting excited. Mm. You know, and this is what, this is, I think, what, personally, what I need, you know. That's mm-hmm. why I was kind of happy we were talking this on this episode, not worrying about other stuff, but just kind of what can get you going because. You know, everybody comes from a tournament, and they've you know you hear it all the time. I just got back from the tournament, and boy, my hobby, my hobby, uh, my hobby enthusiasm's through the roof. Mm-hmm. I looked at all this stuff. I just saw, I just saw. Um, oh, why am I blanking on it now? Who won best uh, like player's choice at uh, Adepticon this year? Oof. Uh, normally, as the Slanesh Warriors, he had the green army. Oh, oh Dennis. Dennis Gunia. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, look at that. I mean, it was like uh, this thing. And everybody saw it. And I was like, wow, it was so cool. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I, I want to go do something like that. I want to get to that. This. That's what you need to look for. If you're stuck, that's what you need to find. So, yeah, that's what totally. I'm saying. Um, you know what? Let's take one last break and come back. And I got one little. We got about ten minutes left on this show. 
Mm-hmm. So let's take a break, come back, because I want to talk about Bits List Breakdown for sure. about five minutes. Okay. All right, let's go. Hey folks, it's Dave, and I wanted to talk to you for a minute about Battle Foam. You've all heard me talk about it before. The foam is firm. It doesn't separate from the base. They custom cut, design, make any piece of foam you want to fit any model you want. Anytime a new army comes out, within days, you've got Battle Foam cut and designed to fit those models. This isn't a game company making cases on the side. This is a carrying case company making foam and custom carrying cases to your army. It's what they do. It's all they do. Check it out at battlefoam.com. Battlefoam, protecting your army. Hello! 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 Oh no! We're back! Oh no! It's kind of creepy. Yeah, that's that weird guy from uh, Family Guy. Oh no! Oh. Not the yeah. old, not the old man who wants the, oh. who wants the son. <laughs> that's but that weird, the weird hippie guy with the earring. Oh no! I don't oh. think I've watched. I know the Whatever. creepy old guy. That hey. Guy. hey there, Chris. Yeah. That guy. <laughs> that guy. <laughs> Let's come over get me in the kind of good there. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> Let's talk some bits list breakdown. Let's talk bits list breakdown. Okay, so um, Grant posted what people brought, and I thought I, I thought this was interesting. In fact, when he, when you guys posted, you know, I I went on and looked on the site, and I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm just wondering what people are bringing. And as I'm scrolling down, I was like, really? So um, let's see. The big list, we have 10 Skaven, 10 Empire, 10 Legions of Chaos. No surprise there. Mm. The filth. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Skaven. Skaven, you know what? If, 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 if these armies all have Storm, storm Fiends in them, that's filth, too. As soon as you put Storm Fiends in, I'm, th- I'm calling filth. Yeah, yeah. They're just, they're so good. It they just, are. They're it, good. Yeah, it just, it's annoying. I would, um, I would expect six per army, so that, we, that would mean 60, yeah, 60 storm, fiends. storm Fiends there, yeah. Let's see what else do we got. We had uh, eight Lizardmen armies, uh, seven Warriors Tired armies, yeah. uh, six Dark Elf armies, and six Dwarf armies. Mm. Then they had five each for High Elves, Wood Elves, Undead Legions, and Orcs and Goblins. Mm-hmm. Um, four Ogre Kingdoms. Then I think Cranky's bringing the Ogres. Do you guys allow Rhinox Riders? No, heck no. He's never, he's never going to get them. <laughs> <laughs> do they need them? I don't think they do. No, I just, you know, one day he'll get them. You know, Maybe, but not like on his bucket list. Give the guy a break. Right. Uh, two each for Demons of Chaos, Bretonia, and Vampire Counts. One Tomb King and one Elf Legion. It's a very odd spread. Yeah. Um, to have the same number of demons players as Bretonia, well, because they all went to chaos. 
And Granted, but then there's even two then, BC and five undead legions. So, but, you know, elf legions only one, but ten legions of chaos. That's like, the one that surprised me was the elf was the elf legion. Just one, yeah, yeah. Nick Fenske, he's going to bring the filth. He doesn't care. Yeah, more power to him. But <laughs> I, I wonder why that 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 shift. Well, you went. know, and I, I I even said to Grant, I was surprised, and I, and I think you know he was you know that he had mentioned, and I was trying to think about it that you know the five point penalty. Mm-hmm. For taking the legion, you know, honestly, dark elves and high elves are good armies. Mm-hmm. I think we all know that they don't actually need to be the army of the ever chose or the eternity king mm-hmm. to be competitive. So if you've already got a really good army, I, I'm 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 guessing people are like, well, why take the penalty? But individually, do are do warrior aren't warriors and demons individually just as competitive? Yeah, they're really good, but that demons of chaos or that 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 the uh, the chaos legions is is mm-hmm. kind of awesome, and they have a better it's a mean, better chart. The chart's better. The chart's yeah, way no. that chart. Okay, that chart makes it worth it. Just like the undead legion, the no crumble when you lose your general rule right. makes undead legions worth it. But it, to the point where you you get you get ten of those guys, but only one elf legions. That sort of disparity is to me is very strange, very interesting. It is weird, but I really think I think the I think that Eternity King list is the one that has gotten the most heat because mm-hmm. that book got a lot of heat for its ridiculous. Well, that Legions of Chaos one that should get a lot of heat too. I mean, everyone knows what it. Yeah, can but do. everybody knows warriors and everyone knows demons are good. And I mean, yeah, I that's, that's exactly my point. You get you're combining two really good armies to make an amazing army, right? But no one's shying away from that. Ten right. people are bringing it. I, I guess with the high elves, you have two really good armies combined to make an amazing army. But they're also combining their rules. You're not seeing that with the undead legions as much. I don't think. Like, you know, Beastmen can take marks and stuff, and yeah, that's cool. And I wonder if some of that's that. You know, like people taking, you know, instead mm-hmm. of taking Beastmen, taking their Beastmen army, but calling it Legion so they can take marks and stuff. But think about that. You know, warriors don't get all the the cool five-up ward save that demons get. Demons aren't getting the awesome armor that warriors have and stuff. But you take a Legion of the Everchosen, that kind of pisses people off because you're getting the extra rank. You're getting the rerolls. You're getting all the Maybe. stuff. Every Maybe. unit gets everything. Do you think that the the combination of the, those abilities of the Elf Legions offsets or equals to the new and improved Reign of Chaos table that the Legions of Chaos have access to? <sighs> Do they balance each other out? I don't know. I, I in my experience, yes, they do. I think that that I think that I think that that Elf the the Eternity King list. I think that that's the one that don't want to see i don't want to play against uh, i would i would rather play against uh, uh the chaos legions than really? that, uh, that, that chart is brutal the chart can be brutal but i've played against it where it wasn't that bad and they still got to roll those sixes to hit your stuff in a lot of those things i mean it can be You'd but be the still dice here's the thing it's random and you still got to roll it up and then you got to roll dice to have it affect you whereas yeah, but with the, the elf with stuff the elf it's legions. constant if you get into combat, that's really where they shine, isn't it? Well, yeah, but I mean, if you're building it that way, you're, that's what you're doing. That's what happened to me. Yeah, but it, I mean, if you see that, you know that's who you're playing. Well, I'm just then- guessing, but uh, you know, I'm guessing. Or, you know, I'm, I'm trying to figure out why. I'm trying to figure out why people backed off of it. I, I think it, it has a, a, a more of a stigma than the Legions of Chaos. I think people know what Legions of Chaos does, but they're fearful of what the the Elf Legions can do. Right. 
And I also think, I mean, I wonder if that five-point difference made a difference to anybody. I mean, it didn't to me. I, here's what I thought. I said, I can go VC and get my five points. Mm-hmm. Or I can go uh, Undead Legion. Legion. Uh, and my VC list, okay, my, my Undead Legion list is my VC list with a casket. That's the only Tomb King model in that mm-hmm. list, okay? Um, at bigger points, maybe I'd put some stuff in, but right now it's my Undead list, my VC list with casket. There's two things I've got going for me. I don't crumble if the general dies, and I get the bonus from the casket. Those two things alone, I think, overall would net me at least one extra point on a 20-nil scale per game. So I didn't didn't think twice. That five points I will make up by using Undead Legion as opposed to... I mean, think about it. You lose your general on a first-turn stupidity, and you're getting 20-nilled. And I don't have to worry about that. That right there... Is Makes worth, it worth is it. Is worth that five points. I'm wondering with those elf legions too. You know, when someone says they're using, I mean, like I said, the Eternity King list is getting a, a pretty bad rep. Mm-hmm. You show up at the table and you've got an Eternity King list. I'm wondering if the people are wondering that. You know, because we also have the player scored comp. You know, the mm-hmm. list was fluffy to hard. I'm wondering if if now if we're going into the you know the meta of the meta. Wondering, you know, if I just take regular old Dark Elves, they'll probably not score me as harsh if I took the Eternity King. Even though Dark Elves are pretty hard. Honestly, if you walked up and said, I'm just playing Dark Elves, you're not playing Eternity King list? Not as bad. Like, Mm -hmm. right off, I think right off the bat, you're thinking, not as bad. Mm, Maybe. Maybe. You know, and they can be filth. I know they can. Right. But if you said, would you rather play straight up Dark Elves, straight up High Elves, or Legion of the Eternity King? I think everybody would just say, well, I'd rather play straight up and not give them all that bonus. Right, right. So I'm wondering if that was – I'm curious as to what went into – and I'm going to ask people when we – I'm, I'm going to go around at bits and I'm going to ask people who are playing the, the elves. Because we got – you know, what do we say? We've got uh, six dark elves, five high elves, five wood elves. Mm-hmm. So Pretty I'm, even spread. That's yeah, interesting too. I'm, 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 I'm curious. I'm going to ask them why they chose that rather than – because I don't think you necessarily need it for these guys to be competitive, mm-hmm. and with just I think with that stigma attached, you're not only keeping that five points, but you might you might be playing the the uh, the the soft score game, you know, with right. your opponents. That's just my opinion, but I thought this was a, a neat list or a neat, neat yeah, breakdown. It, some some. Things that you never see, 10 Skaven, 10% of the field is, is fielding Skaven. You never see that. There's usually like one or two, right? Yeah. And I'm trying to think, we've got, is there anyone who isn't, There's the, I mean, uh, there's no Chaos Dwarfs. Right. Is there anyone else that's not on this list? Mm, not that I can see. I think they're all fairly well represented. Only one Tomb King player. I think that's Alex Gonzalez. But they're there. Okay. I right. mean, what do we got? We got Bretts. They're, Only two VC. Yeah. But they're there. I'm trying to think, is there anyone that's that we're, that we're missing? And I don't think we are. I, think yeah, I don't think so either. Two, three, four. Five orcs and goblins. That's a higher number than you normally see. It's 14 armies. We've got to be... The, there's, I'm counting 14 armies listed here, and there's 15. Don't we have 15 armies in the on the game? Is it 15? Who are we missing, then? Be, uh, Beastmen. Oh, yeah. There you go. Yeah. 
Because yeah. because ain't nobody gonna take a Beastman army when you can right, take a Legions right. of Chaos army and give that you give you yeah. That makes sense, and I bet you, I bet you, with those legions of chaos, I bet you we see a beastman army. Is Johnny coming? Uh, yes, but he's running ogres. Oh, is he? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, because I was yeah, he's say, the first person I think of too. But yeah, he'd play beast and totally just run him as because there's it, it's so much right, better, the, the, the much better for for sure. So they're the beasts are the only one who got nobody playing. Mm-hmm. Them. I was surprised to see vampire counts there. I really was. It is surprising too. I mean, when you have access to undead legion, yeah, you know, but. So, I just, like I said, I thought before we wrapped up the show, I thought that might be a fun little thing to go over, mm-hmm. because when I saw there was only one Elf Legion, and and and, and 16 other Elf armies, mm-hmm. that was disproportionate in my mm-hmm. mind. So Totally. Well, I think that's it. I think so, too. We're, uh, we're at the point going to wrap talk. it up. Yeah. Little hobby or stoking the fires talk. Yep, uh, we totally disagreed on movies again, as always. <laughs> but that's okay. We have to. That's you can, the law. You can be wrong, and I'll still be your friend. I, I appreciate that. I, I like I like having at least two friends. <laughs> so <laughs> nice. So, folks, thanks for listening. Episode one twenty two wrapping up. Um, one twenty three is going to be Archeon. Um. You're not going to be on that, are you? Because you haven't even read Thankful. You're pretty much you're not reading Thankful or Arcane, <laughs> I, are no, you? No, the, the, that reading to me is soul crushing. So, from what I hear, Rotor is going to be stepping in again. Um, that is the plan at this at this point. Um, he did, like I said, and no, I'm not. You know, I'm not just trying to kiss his butt, but he did an amazing job, and we've gotten tons of excellent feedback. And uh, he's my butt. He's going to help me out. So, nice. Uh, you know, he said he'd step up and and do this one and. You know, he's also, like I said, uh, he, he helps me keep it streamlined, keep it to one episode. Right, right. I could see that. So, um, I think it'll be. I think it's going to be a good episode. But then, uh, so oh hey, by the way, mm. happy five year anniversary. Five year anniversary. June sixth was the first. June sixth, two thousand ten, was the first episode of Garage Hammer. Oh geez, was it really? Yes, we came out one month before. Because July tenth, two thousand ten was eighth edition, mm-hmm. and when Christopher and I were doing this, he's like, "We got to get out a couple episodes before eighth hits, so that people know who we are. Mm-hmm. So maybe we got someone listening before this new thing comes out." I, I remember that. I saw the flyer at UGG. I'm like, "Garage Hammer, what's this podcast? These guys are right here." Yeah, I started listening, and yeah, there you so, go. So, and you History know what? Was made. Um, after Archeon, the next episode when you when you're back on, mm. that'll be your three year anniversary. Wow. Yeah, it's fitting time to talk about ninth edition because hopefully by then it'll be out. Yeah, well, that's what's really weird is I really thought July because they've been releasing. They released eighth in July. They released sixth ed and seventh ed, forty uh, k in July. So I was serious. I was con- convinced ninth ed was coming out in July. Now it's the Sigmar thing. So who knows if that's going to be ninth ed or what it's going to be? But uh, interesting. That's about it, folks. Thank you so much for listening. Um, and uh, we will we'll talk to you guys soon. Oh, the Manticore contest. Crap, I forgot to ask Tomlin to pick who he liked for the winner. All right, we're going to announce the Manticore contest winner on um, on the Archeon. Archeon. Okay. Honestly, I'm looking at it, and I think there's there's obviously a runaway winner with this one. There's a really sharp one, top notch. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to see what Tomlin thinks and what you think, and then we're going to we'll, we'll give it to him. So sounds good. All right, thanks for listening, folks. Talk to you soon. Thanks, guys.
You've been listening to Garage Hammer. If you like the show, we invite you to join the Garage Hammer community by joining our forums at garagehammer.net slash forum or our Facebook page, Garage Hammer Podcast. You can also follow us on Twitter. Follow David at Garage Hammer. You can follow Chris at Topher Chris U. If you'd like to contact us, you can reach David through David at GarageHammer.net. You can reach me, that's Chris, through Chris U at GarageHammer.net. And you can reach both of us through GarageHammer at Live.com. If you want to help support Garage Hammer, check the support page or the show store on our website, or leave us a positive review on iTunes. Until next time, thanks for listening.